Yo, what's up, guys and gals? On tonight's uh, Gravity Lab Radio, we have a uh, buddy of mine. Don't know him as well as I've really liked to get to know him. As you know, something I enjoy on the show is getting to know people a little bit better. But uh, Tyler Perkins, I kind of refer to him in my own brain as Silent Bob of Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, Jay, hey, Wit, how you doing, brother? Uh, Wit, we had on the show recently, is a really good spokesperson speaks out for the group uh tyler man he just sits in the background he grinds he does his thing and uh what helps him out a lot but tyler he represents himself and when he speaks out he does it with authority if you know jay and silent bob i think you kind of know uh, what i refer to there i'll really get to enjoy some time sharing a little bit about about tyler man my brain tyler tonight Tyler, when I first asked him to be on the show this week, said, oh, no, I, I want to get more experience. I kind of want to get a little bit bit more uh, experience is, is the word he used behind him. Um, I explained to him the reasons he didn't want to be on the show are the reasons I wanted him on the show. And that's because right now it is jump numbers and his path and his career and his goals. He's identifiable for a lot more jumpers. I personally believe Tyler in the future will be that goal and that dream that we all want to be. I think he's well on his way. But tonight, as you get to know and hear about him, you, you can hear that he's got similar experience levels to a lot of skydivers that you can picture being. But how do these guys make it big? How do these guys go where they're going? And I really want to dive into the mindset of Tyler Perkins and where he's at today and, and what he's doing to really push forward with that goal, that silent Bob mentality, that guy that just that just sits there and grinds away, nose to the grindstone, working hard, representing and doing a good job. I think as Tyler Tyler is very identifiable for the uh, everyday jumper. Uh, I say everyday jumper. Guy's got over a thousand skydives, but I think he's identifiable. He doesn't make a lot of noise. He doesn't make a lot a lot of uh, splash. He doesn't have a lot of ego. He's just a real laid back fella. But he is making great impressions on those above him in the sport. I'm excited to share that process tonight, and then of course next time he shows back up, he'll have all that experience, and we'll get to see how he's grown up in the sport and what he's really uh, done. Oh, excuse me, that's my dinner. But for now, tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by the Rating Center. The Rating Center, we are a full-time rating school. We offer coach courses, canopy courses, AFF courses, and tandem courses. We're based out of Houston, Texas. Also have campuses in San Marcos. Uh, we operate both campuses, or excuse me, all three campuses year-round. And that's right, year-round. It's October. It's that time of year that my friends in Northern DZs are starting to say, hey, bro, we're shutting down for the winter. I only have a couple weeks left. I don't know what I'm going to do this winter. First of all, travel south. Go to another drop zone in the south. Don't live off of your savings. Make some extra money and have a good time. Enjoy a good drop zone. A lot of the Southern DZs do have a seasonal staff and uh, they do hire winter staff. But another thing you could really do is take this break to earn that rating you want. A lot of you are talking about getting your coach rating for the first time. You want to go travel this winter and get some canopy coaching. You want to get the AFF for that tandem rating. It doesn't matter. We got you taken care of. Give us a holler. You can go to the ratingscenter.com, the ratings with an S, the ratingscenter.com, or you can send us an email, office at the ratingscenter.com. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. I love the team that works with us. We have a very passionate group. We have a very loving group, and uh, we're running courses every every week, uh, nonstop, multiple times a week in some cases. Whether you're coming down south to visit us this summer or this winter, whether you visit us any time of year, or if you want us to come to your DZ, we do have traveling examiners as well. Give us a holler. Hit us up. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, <clears throat> and on the World Wide Web, theratingscenter.com. But till then, enjoy Mr. Tyler Perkins. 
I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Uh, Guys and gals, tonight our our guest is, I don't know why, ever since I've known you, I always want to, first of all, say it's Tyler Perkins, but I've always wanted to call you Wit and him Tyler. Do you guys get that besides Wait, me? Wait, call Wit Tyler? Also? Yeah, I want to call you. I've always you're, you're Wit first. to me. Yeah, <laughs> something in my brain sees you, and I always want to call you Wit. I, I think at some point we've messaged, and I've actually called you guys the wrong name. Maybe. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure because I was like, "Oh man, I'm an idiot." I can't remember. Yeah. So that's, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> guys and gals, uh, Tyler Perkins is joining us tonight. Uh, Mr. P. Nick Lott might be here a little bit later on. Just a little bit of a crazy schedule this week going on at Spaceland. We have a, a pretty cool weekend, and actually, you're visiting for for just the said weekend, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Jump for the Rose. Have you ever been to one? Never. Now, what do you guys? What are you doing here for Jump for the Rose? Um. So basically. We're just trying to make it uh, improve the event, really, because it seems like um, that it's been happening for a few years now and that we just want to make it into something bigger than what it is. And this year, we haven't had that much time to really work on it as much as we would like. However, we're doing the best we can, and it's uh, so that needs to be a good weekend. We'll pull it back just a little bit. Good answer. Uh, help some people out with what Jump for the Rose is. If you go way back when in the time machine, um, leaving Spaceland now. Nick's on his way. Oh, um, cool. uh, in the way back when machine, uh, uh, super early episodes of Gravity Lab Radio, look for Marion Sparks. Marion Sparks is actually the founder and the owner, the CEO, whatever else you want to call her. President, I think, is actually her name of Jump for the Rose. Jump for the Rose is a nonprofit organization that raises money for the Rose. The Rose is a breast treatment. I love breast research. I love Susan G. Komen. It's a great foundation, but the Rose treats breast cancer. Women without insurance get free mammograms. Women with cancer. I actually have multiple friends in my life who have been treated by the Rose. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can say I... It's quite possible multiple women in my life's lives have been saved. And Marion Sparks was the first one I got to know of through the nice. Rose. Um, so Jump for the Rose has been a super cool event. And just to add a little bit more to where you were just at, they've done a great job raising money over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Marion is an older gal. Uh, man, I wish I remember how old she really is, but she's always older than I realize. Whenever mm-hmm. I hear her, na- her age, I'm like, what, what? <laughs> um, but And because of that, she's done a great job of catering to the older crowd. And the older crowd has done a phenomenal job of supporting her. Yeah. But this has been going on quite a few years. Yeah. And recently, a few mutual friends all came together. Uh, you, Wit, and Algie. At, for, <laughs> Algie. God, dude. I, <laughs> am I the only one who screwed that up like that? Is that something? I think so, yeah. I don't think anyone else calls him Algie. <laughs> I, dude, I, I met him in his coach course. You guys were in the same coach course, weren't you? No, no, we were Was weren't. it him and Wit? Um, was it in Dallas? Here. It was here. No, I took mine uh, probably three years ago at some okay. point. I think maybe him and I forget, dude. I know I remember uh, RG. Yeah, was in the course, and I knew his name is his legal name for USPA because that's how he registered for a course. Right. And then I met him as Algie, and there's an Alvarez. Can you do you know his real name? 
His real name is the world champ two times. Yes. <laughs> the world champ two times. You've been waiting to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love how we still call him that. Dude, king I of seaweed. Believe. World champ two times. <laughs> Algae. RG. Uh, so yeah, his, his name gets screwed up for me. I forget uh-huh. what we were saying. Oh, so uh, you guys are coming together, and one of the things I don't think the Rose or Jump for the Rose has had a good injection of is the young free fly scene, mm-hmm. the the the, yank, the angle flying scene, and the younger yeah. jumpers. So I think you guys are trying to help raise awareness for that. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, trying to make it a bigger event than what it is or what it has been. Like they've done a great job, but you know they said they did the. the the heavy lifting, definitely, and we're just trying to improve it and uh, make it, yeah, like I said, a bigger event than what it is. So, what's your role in the event this weekend? Uh, coaching, organizing. So, you guys are free fly angle. What are you organizing? Uh, I'm looking forward to organizing pretty much everything. Really, just um, free fly angles. You know, all skill levels, whether it's like a beginner, you know, maybe like a one-on-one jump. You know, if there's other pe- other organizers that are taking the other groups you know like just kind of whoever because i was reading on the website and it was saying that they're geared towards like making it an event of like all skill levels and that way the younger jumpers and the newer jumpers aren't like kind of push out of the way like they're also getting some love so i'm looking forward to jumping with everyone so it's one of my favorite things uh marion has done people like you, we've all had favors done for us. We've all had yeah. somebody help us in a way. Right. And we all say, or at some point think I will pay them back uh-huh. and we all mean it. But honestly, very few of us pay it back as much as we might've been given. Um, and that's the great part about friends and favors. There's nothing wrong with that. Marion told the Rose, I'm going to pay it back. Mm-hmm. And she's done so exponentially. Uh, she's not only given back to that community, but skydiving. The yeah. Rose is about the everyday jumper. Right. right? The everyday jumper doesn't get to go to all the boogies and all the events and have tons of tunnel time because yeah. all that stuff is expensive. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, how many vertical free fly slash angle organizers are there this weekend? Uh, we got myself, RG, JD, Logan. I think that's it right now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Dude, it's, that's a healthy squad, though. Yeah. There, there's four organizers, free fly organizers for an event is uh-huh. a healthy squad. Yeah. Uh, JD and Logan have done quite well for themselves. They've hustled. They've worked yeah, really hard. Definitely. And you and RG, oh, <laughs> man, that was that was hard. That was difficult. You got it. Oh, dude, RG. Just practice every day. Algae. <laughs> it just flows like seaweed out of my mouth. Algae. Um, it's easier. I don't know why. Uh, they've done really well. You yeah. guys are. Are you guys going to each like pick a discipline, a skill set, or are you guys just going to see who shows up in front of you and each jump do what's in front of you? Yeah, sh- it's pretty much show up and see who's out there and just um, get after it. I like the idea of what started happening at the, I think it was the Labor Day bookie with the whiteboard and like having people categorize themselves and like beginner free flyer, beginner angle, intermediate, and advanced. I think that's really sweet. And um, yeah, pretty much see who shows up and go from there. Man, we, we've been using that whiteboard system for the mentor program for quite a while. And yeah. part of our process is simple. Number one, as an organizer, I know who's looking to get organized. Mm-hmm. As a jumper, I know where to go to find help because some of us are awkward and don't want to approach people. Some yeah, of us seem scary. unapproachable. Yeah, I'll just put my name here on the board and then somebody can come find me. And for sure, legit, that's why we do that. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great way to welcome. So, And then finally... People start looking at that board and go, 
why why am I not like dude I want I want on yeah like who doesn't want their name on a whiteboard that's not in school in school Definitely. f that noise yeah <laughs> actually I didn't care then either <laughs> um, so it really does for the mentor program we act we, we play the silly uh, subconscious game or psychological game of we don't erase mentees off the board we just cross them out uh-huh. so people can see who's come and gone and roll through the program that day oh, okay cool so it's it's cool first of all you see who what friends are doing what what friends are going on right. and also it's back to like well why is my name not not on that board yeah so are you guys so you guys are planning on a whiteboard this weekend oh uh, yeah i think is that like spaceline's whiteboard or because no, i just thought of it right now like, no i can get you one though okay perfect i got you yeah. i got you for <laughs> sure you have to remind me you yeah. have to tell me again okay but for sure dude i have an extra whiteboard i have cool, extra markers you. very welcome to use it i'll show you where it goes i know Sweet. you'll put it back dude Thank you. Cool, man. It's I like it though because you're thinking. You're, yeah. you're looking back at your experiences, and you're thinking forward to the next ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, to share a little bit with with the people listening, you didn't want to do this show at first when I asked you. No, yeah. As soon as you mentioned me, I had an idea. I was like, I think I know what he's going to ask me. And then <laughs> I, I, I read the preview, but I didn't like open up the phone so it showed that you read it. But I was like, and then like what? Like Thirty minutes later, you you told me what's up, and I was like. I <laughs> <laughs> right, you you actually uh, took a little bit of time to respond, and I yeah. appreciate somebody who digests information, think yeah. about it. I, I I never have an issue. Like I don't get to my messages all the time either. Oh yeah, I'm horrible. At that yeah. Stuff, so and when you did, you said something about I want to wait till I have more experience. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? What do, What does that mean? I don't know. I just you feel uh, like a you feel like you don't have anything to offer right now. Uh, initially, yeah. However, after talking to a few of my friends, like, uh, ask RG and I asked, like, uh, Algae, uh, Algae, <laughs> world champ, um, <laughs> asked my buddy Jackson, just a few people. And I was like, what should I do? And they're like, man, like, there's no cons against doing it, you know, like, um, plus the way you were, it was pretty good. I, I do think it's a cool thing to like, even for me personally, to go back and maybe listen on it one day or, you know, so. I've had a few friends on the show who we've watched their progression as rock stars continue and evolve yeah. on. And I mean, Tex has been on the show two or three times now and mm-hmm. we, and he, we've watched him evolve through this whole process and Tex is, he's Tex dude. Yeah. I, I love that he's mustached fool, man. He's, he's phenomenal. <laughs> um, and so the thing I had said to you is your excuse is I want to wait till I have more experience. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, that's exactly why I want you on the show. I mean, <laughs> at this point, I don't think this next statement uh-huh. Uh, but in your mind, there's a little bit of a, I'm a nobody. What do I have to offer? Right. But how many people can identify with being Tex? Hopefully nobody. He's a weirdo, man. I love him to death. <laughs> no, no, Tex is awesome. But yeah. n- we we cannot identify that. I'm not right. the shredder he is. I don't have the tunnel time he does. Right, I'm not tra- yeah. like all these goals he has, but man, I, I can't identify that. Yeah. How many jumps do you have? Uh, right now I have a little over 2,200. That's, that's imaginable. I think jumpers uh-huh. can think about that. How many yeah. have you done in the last year despite COVID? Oh, like in 2020? Yeah. Uh, over 500. And then that's even with COVID. Yeah. 10 oh. weeks of shutdown in Texas, right? Yeah. I hit a, like, I've been jumping nonstop since like we opened back up. I was been <laughs> jumping nonstop since yes, no, two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I two two day I've uh jumped two days this year. Uh-huh. It was Wednesday and no no, it was Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't that's my first two jumps. And dude, oh, I felt good. Yeah. Oh man, I, I uh I love this stuff. It's yeah. so much fun. It's it was my longest break in twenty three years and it felt so good. Yeah, I bet. So you have twenty two hundred jumps. Uh huh. 
a year ago you had fifteen hundred jumps because we're we're going a little bit more than than that. Um, right. You you have, uh, that that's an imaginable number. People mm-hmm. right now can imagine I can accomplish that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. You're at a point right now in your career where you've not really made a huge name for yourself. Right. Right. I think you've made more of a name for yourself than you realize, oh, and cool. that's why I like you, man. <laughs> you you bring such that's a humility to, to the table. Like it's. People often wonder, where did this guy come from? He came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And to some people, Tex is that guy who came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. To those of us who sat here and watched Tex grind, quietly grind away. Yeah. So I kept hearing about him when I was jumping in Clouston. Mm-hmm. I, I heard his name. I heard that he just worked hard. So yeah. that was pretty cool. But that's what you've been doing. I've had my eye on you for a little while. I just <laughs> nice. we're in Texas. We all get to know each other. We all yeah, get to hear definitely. about you. Yeah, and, and you've done the same thing, man. So I think right now a jumper listens to you and they can identify being you right now. Mm-hmm. Not maybe not at this point in their career, but they can see that happen. That's attainable. Yeah, definitely. becoming you know Luis Pernetto might not seem attainable to some people, although it's attainable for everybody right yeah it's just gonna take some time <laughs> yeah yeah man you're not gonna be as sexy as Luis or tall as skinny as that, that handsome man but no it, it, it takes time right but I really think right now people can actually see where you're at and say I can emulate that I can create that right For more sure. important than that I think your future is bigger than what it is right now and I want people to see this path this progression and it's really not often we get somebody in the middle uh-huh. of the blossoming of their career. And I, I that's where I think you're at. I think you're awesome. in, the, in, the, yeah. in that blossoming stage where things are really going well for you. Uh, don't hang out with that David Lang fool. That's all <laughs> I got to say, man. You're not going to Florida for him, are you? <laughs> no. Today's his birthday, so happy birthday, Dude, David. happy birthday, David, man. I, I, you know I like the guy. I need to text him still. But shout Su- out to David. Super good. Yeah, guys, gals, if you're listening live, uh, throw a text, a message. Happy birthday, David. If you're listening to this three months after we aired it, find David Ling on Facebook and say happy birthday oh, yeah. and don't explain it. Let it confuse the poop out of David. So just, just randomly text him happy birthday six months from now. Good luck. <laughs> We've given out, uh, you know, Carlos at the D. Um, video guy he does the tropical boogie oh chulo chulo yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. chulo yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude chulo <laughs> we've given out his phone number in the middle of the oh, show oh yeah i heard about that yeah and like n- with him on the show and with him off the show we've just given out his number without right. him here yeah and months later he still gets messages nice. like oh yo That's guys good. here's the phone number throw in a text message real quick we should do it to rg dude it's or a wit. Uh, dude Nobody wants to talk to Wit. <laughs> <laughs> Algae dude. Who, who doesn't want to talk to two time? Yeah, right. Oh, my Man. God. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... <laughs> I think where you're at in your career is really just a perfect time to share, man. Cool. Well, thank you. Um, I, usually you save the compliments for the end, but I'll start them at the beginning. You're, you're doing good <laughs> things, man. Keep moving Sweet. forward and keep keep grinding hard. So 2,200 jumps, 500 in the last year. Where did you start skydiving? Where did I start? Or Yeah, where? We're going to start with that. Um, So I did my first skydive ever was at Skydive Miami. And it was Homestead. for... Yeah, in Homestead. Um, and it was... Supposed to be for my 18th birthday, but we did it like two days or three days after, I think. And um, I did that jump, and I was like, "Man, that was pretty intense." I don't think uh, I don't think I do this again. And then the couple a couple weeks went by, a couple months went by. I got an email from the USPA, I believe, and it was saying like, "Oh, here's your different avenues if you want to continue jumping <laughs> and whatnot." And I was like, "All right, this is interesting." 
I started watching YouTube videos on it, and I was like, whoa, it's like people jump over Dubai and stuff. I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, let me at least go through AFF to like prove that I can do this to myself because I was terrified. You know, I have this weird thing when I'm like, I'm drawn to the things that scare me. It's like a double-edged sword. It's like I love it, good. Dude. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, when I start like base jumping and stuff, I'm like on the edge of a cliff. And I'm like, why am I doing this? This is insane. But yeah, it's cool. Besides snakes and spiders, I agree uh-huh. with that. Like embrace things that scare you. Yeah. Like things that I typically don't like and like have a hard dislike for uh-huh. early on, I typically end up loving and I, I don't know yeah. why. What What is it that draws you to that behavior? Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out, really. You don't know. I, mean, I, I think maybe, I, I think honestly it might be part of like the adrenaline aspect too, maybe like kind of like this is where drawn to skydiving just kind of like, I don't know, like even me talking right now and be on the show is kind of like, gives you a little adrenaline, you know, and it's, I don't know, I guess we're all kind of hooked to that stuff. Dude, we're junkies for sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I love the way my heart gets racing. I love the way things happen. And yeah. for me, part of it is, is I love the ability to control that emotion. Um, it's almost a control freak thing for me. Yeah. Uh, what's the longest you've taken without jumping? Ooh. Um, a month? Ever since. I think the COVID break was my longest in the eight years. And when you made your first jump back, there was extra nerves, right? Um, Not tons, but there's that little bit like, man, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now imagine being 11 months off, that anxiety, that anxious. And when I'm in the plane yesterday, as soon as it hits, Mm -hmm. the ability to stop, focus, control. And the sport has taught me tons about stop, focus, control. For sure. and, And I don't think it's the sport of skydiving by itself that's taught me. It's I've met some super, dude, the people. Mm-hmm. Man, you mother floppers, man! It is, and yes, you can cuss. I don't know if we made that clear. I can't. Can. <laughs> Fuck um, yeah, you mother! <laughs> what he said? Uh, the people, man. I've met so many great people who really made me so much better. I yeah. personally, what I've accomplished as a human being is an embodiment of some of great friends around me. Yeah. Uh, not Nick. Nick's a total douchebag, man. I hate him. <laughs> Uh, but Stephen Boyd has been a huge influence. My wife, I don't know. Have you met? Well, you just have you met Valerie before tonight? I don't think we had like an uh, official like. But you recognize like, a skinny woman? Yeah, I recognize her for yeah, sure. The toothpick yeah, yeah. that runs around the DZ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a kid, I drew a picture of a stick woman, you know, in kindergarten, uh-huh. like draw your future wife. Oh, and yeah. I, dude, it was the truth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> married a stick figure, man. <laughs> Uh, I love her. She's so good about my horrible sense of humor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so you, you said, man, I want to accomplish this. I want to embrace this fear. I want to overcome. Yeah. So in your student program, did you overcome it or is it something you had to continue or you're a license? Did you overcome that or did oh, that? I, I think I spent like up to jump like 80 or 90 thinking I was going to die every single jump, like thinking I was going to open up. I still have to this today where I think every jump I'm going to open and like my leg straps are going to like go loose. I'm going to fall through my harness. How do you overcome that? Uh, feel the fear and do it anyways. <laughs> Just studying a lot of stuff like that and like. Do you ever check that? Like, does checking the gear help you overcome? Oh it? yeah! If people watch me in the plane, I'm like checking my gear for like, I'm touching everything like way too much. Like, I keep checking and checking and checking it and like touching my polish shoe, making sure everything's like nothing's poking out. You know, like with my uh, bridle or anything, and I'm really like 
OCD with that in the plane. It's funny. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> watch me in the plane. I'm the exact same way. Uh-huh. I try to be small about my movements. You know, I, right. most people who are who have a, who have a lot of experience, yeah, and are super paranoid are usually at least subtle about it because we know how to move without like beating up our homies. Right. Man, I'm the same way. I think about like, dude, I'm going to open in this leg strap's going to fall off. Okay, my leg strap's mm-hmm. good. Hey, this is going to happen. So, okay, that's. Do you actually address that issue when you think of it in that moment? Uh, I kind of just check everything yeah. like all the time, really. <laughs> I, uh, I I will encourage any new jumper because I yeah. as an AFF instructor, I regularly hear people say, "Well, like, what if? Like, man, if you oh, think yeah. that, what if? First of all, if you're doing a gear check, I like what you said. Do it all. Like, just yeah. do it all. It's a smart thing. But if you're in that middle of that plane ride and you just think, "What if this one thing? Acknowledge that one thing. Move on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's and I regularly do. I think about what if my leg strap? That's well, secured, man. Yeah, it's it's gonna work. I'm gonna be okay. What if? Uh, Man, I, th- I think I'll be okay as long as I don't hit the ground real hard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> Find the ground real hard, man. Dude. Oh, man. It's flying a canopy. So much fun. Yeah. I'm just thinking of back this week being current. It just, dude, what a blast, man. Oh, yeah. Nick definitely. Lott. Nick Lott went with me on my first jump back and helped nice. me get back in the sky. I mean, I'm, I'll say nice things about him while he's not here. I have celebrated a lot of cool things with him. He has. I bet. Yeah. Did my 8,000th jump with me, did my 20th anniversary skydive with me. Um, he's done a lot of other cool things with me. Um, dude, what a, uh, decent human being. Yeah. Yeah. So you made that, the, the, the first 25 jump straight license, you didn't overcome this fear. Were you a good student, bad student? Did the fear <laughs> overwhelm you? How did it, how, what, what happens? I had to redo AFF level one, <laughs> which I love telling people that story. <laughs> Cause if, if I can do this, like anyone could do this. Cause I was just like. I don't know. I mean, once I redid the AFF level one, I did fine. I think I had to redo level three, like the the turns one. Everyone has to redo four. That one. Yeah, three or four. No, not everyone. Just losers. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> no, it is the most commonly repeated level. Yeah, hundred percent. Sure, so I just couldn't yeah. stop spinning. But um, yeah. Did I answer? I forgot the question. Already, no, sorry. no, that's okay, man. You answered the question. Uh. uh not very many dive flow one level one category a whatever you call them yeah have to repeat that skydive yeah. what did you do um so my first tandem was six months prior and uh went through ground square thing the weekend before and the weather was trash that weekend so i came out the next week and do my jump um which was funny because that because i remember wake up that morning hoping that was gonna be raining and hoping it was gonna be like a terrible day and i wake up it's a beautiful day out drive an hour to homestead and i'm like oh man please let it rain or something i don't want to do this This is terrifying and then um i get there and it's like a day that i wish for now you know like a light wind day and it's beautiful out but anyways uh i was like for some reason i checked in and then like i started to kind of like maybe i was so nervous that i thought i wasn't nervous i think something like that i was just like kind of like my instructor's like you're good and i'm like yeah you know i'm good you know and then uh, we jumped out, and then I think I just like tucked my knees or something. I just pulled my knees in, <laughs> <laughs> and just then, ball up. Yeah, and then we had you know AFF. We had two instructors. All I remember is that like tumbled once or twice, and just like an open parachute over my head at like eleven grand or something like that. <laughs> you were so bad they chucked you out the door. Yeah, pretty man. Much. Uh, we I will wrestle a student all the way down to pull time if I have to. Oh yeah. Um, we actually had a student. Uh, here in Houston, gosh, this has got to be 
14, 13 years ago. He mm-hmm. actually still jumps today. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll throw the bus all over this dude because I'm proud of his accomplishment. I'm not going to trash him uh, and said and done. He, he, I'm super proud of this dude. Thomas Forrester, you might not know him. He's an older fella. Mainly uh, wingsuits, does a little free flying, uh, mm-hmm. thousand plus jumps easily. Uh, he got pitched out the door at like 12, 13 grand on uh-huh. two jumps in a row, two level ones in a row because the instructor landed crying in the case. And I said, what, what's up? I go, I had to throw him twice out the door. I'm like, well, why <laughs> did you throw him at like 12 grand? Because it was the first time I was willing to let go with the other hand. And I was afraid if I didn't do it, then I wouldn't have another chance to ever do it again. I'm like, uh, okay. then you did the right job. Yeah. I watched the video. She did the right job. Nice. Um, okay. You probably don't know Kirsten Johnson, but Kirsten Johnson is tall and strong. Uh-huh. She is, I'm, I'm not trying to, she will claim this. She has no problem saying this. She'll whip most of the dudes DZ, uh, most of the dudes butts <laughs> on the DZ. Kirsten Johnson is a strong woman. Yeah. Um, and if she couldn't hold you stable, you're effed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thomas ended up doing everything we asked him to do. He worked hard. He hustled. He's got tons of skydives. He's super solid today. Um, nice. And it changed his life. Yeah. But, man, you're Thomas Forrester bad. Pitched <laughs> <laughs> it 11 grand. Yeah, pretty much. And um, I remember I landed, and it's got a Miami. You have to have – it's like a, a shuttle system. So you land, and there's a shuttle that takes you to the drop zone. And there's an older guy there. Oh, um, there is an older gentleman there who uh, uh, he just does tandems now, and like you roll up to the drop zone with this like a really nice car, like a I don't know, like a Ferrari or something like that. But anyways, he was like, "Oh yeah, like I used to jump back in the day." He goes, "Man, I heard you had a had a wild ride up there." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Whatever you do, just get back in the horse, man. Like don't you know, don't quit." And then my instructors was like, he was like, "Hey man." Um, you didn't fail. He goes, if you go home and never come back, then you fail. But you just got to redo the level. So uh, I was kind of shooken up. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I went home and then I came out the very next weekend and knocked out that level. A skydiver is not made by skill. They're not made by <laughs> number of jumps. Oh, They're it's made a mental by game. N- yeah, right. Yeah. Dude, Maddie said something to me about uh, Madison, right? Maddie mm-hmm. said something to me about because she's a skydiver because she's finally made a jump. I'm like, no, no, sweetheart. You've been a skydiver since I've known you. Yeah. A skydiver doesn't always have actual jumps. Have you right. have you met somebody who as soon as you met them, like you're a skydiver, I see it in you, I know you're going to be there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know that young lady, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure. God, what Shout a, out Maddie. What's up, Maddie? Dude, what <laughs> an amazing human being, dude. What's up? What's up, Mr. <laughs> P? How are you doing, sir? You sexy animal, you. Um, I, I love the fact that you get back up on the horse right away. Yeah. So now you make it through AFF. Uh-huh. You have a license. You're still petrified. Yeah. Then why keep doing it? Uh, it's fun. And just to like, kind of keep on conquering my fears you know so you said 80 jumps you start conquering that fear we're gonna call it jump 100 so yeah. by 100 jumps you're now comfortable you're now cool and by the way you've been doing this a while now yeah do you know around the jump number most people actually start getting truly comfortable despite what they think they are i don't know around 100 jumps okay yeah i think a lot of our friends and you see it like oh yeah, yeah. i got 50 jumps i'm super comfortable and i believe you believe you are like no doubt i, I can't invalidate your feelings right but you've seen it. When they hit about 100 jumps, most people start settling into like a groove and you start seeing the skydiver they are. Yeah, for sure. Now you're overcome the fear. Now your whole motivation for doing this is gone. Why are you still skydiving? Ooh. Um, it still makes me nervous. To this day? 
Yeah. Especially depends where we're doing. Like if I'm just going out and I'm doing something in Dallas where I'm really comfortable, like jumping out there and like navigating around out there um, with like RG or something, that's fine. But it's like if you're leading a group or something or, you know, like or maybe on a jump, like say like tropical space camp where I was like, all right, I'm flying some really good guys right now. And <clears throat> like the pressure's on to do well, then I don't know, like stuff like that. It's still fun to me. Man, you have 2,200 skydives. Yeah. You made your first jump how long ago? Um, about like eight years ago. Eight years ago. Guys, gals, you're not unique. You're not different. <laughs> you're supposed to have that fear. Sometimes the fear yeah. is the gear. Sometimes the fear is the ground. Sometimes the fear is performance. Yeah. But that's what makes you thrive. Right. Yeah, definitely. Man. I feel like pressure, I, I like pressure, but I have noticed myself when it's like I put too much pressure on myself. That's when like my performance definitely dwindles. But um, it's just something I've been learning about myself, really. Have you learned a lot of this because of skydiving? Do you think that's opened the door for you? Yeah, I'm grateful because skydiving taught that taught me that. And also the fact when I was, I'm still like, I guess, young compared to a lot of people jump. But like when I was brand new, I was 18 years old and like surrounded by all these adults, just kind of like learning from them and. It's like me meeting Wit. It's like he's taught me so much about life, and my buddy Todd Gleason, and like they've you know, and other people, of course, who just taught me so much because of the fact they're like older than me. You know, whether it's about skydiving or business stuff or life stuff, family stuff. You know, I'm super grateful for it. What's up, Mister P? How you doing over there? Oh, my mic is yeah, yeah. I didn't have any turned up yet. Oh, hello. Hey, good to see you, Mister. What's up? That's a fancy buff you got on around your neck. Oh, yeah. My good friend uh, Blake at Velocity Sports sent me this buff if it's the one I think it is. Blake Big D Johnson. Um, <laughs> man. He actually comes up in my phone, and I'm sure that you have seen this, that it comes up as Blake Long Johnson. <laughs> yes, I do know. That. Yeah. <laughs> may or may not be true. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Man. haven't had the pleasure, but I like it. <laughs> 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 you you like Long Johnsons? You I like imagining that he's got a big one. Yeah, seems nice like friend. Yeah, it seems like a, like uh, you know what a sleeper is in the car world, right? Yeah. A, a sleeper. <laughs> I don't know how to work these buttons. Hang on. A sleeper meaning for anyone who doesn't know is a vehicle that's very fast that doesn't look like it would be very fast. And it's like I'm not saying the dude looks like he's not packing a piece. I'm just saying that he's probably got a big one hidden in there, and he's very unassuming. That's all I mean. In my world, that's how it is. <laughs> kind of like Roy Wimmer. Yeah, but uh, I don't know why. I'd, I don't know why. Dude, did you like hashtag Big Roy? That was great. Yeah, Big Roy. Do you do you know the story of Big Dong Roy? No. You know KDP? Uh, she yeah, was. I, I know who she is. Houstonian yeah. chick. She was on the show uh -huh. recently. She was in Europe. Her birthday, big party. Katie, big surprise. Get on your knees, close your eyes. <laughs> Next thing you know, she gets slapped in the face with this big old dong. She oh, looks God. up, it's Roy. And the first thing she thinks is, Roy, you have a big dick. <laughs> and uh, now there is a song. And <laughs> I thought Katie was telling a story till we met Anna Moxness, who starts singing the song, oh, Big God. Dick. Roy. Like, holy <laughs> F. Um, he, Anna was actually, uh, we did something with, his, it's come up a few times on this show and it actually came up on Anna's, uh, show on LB live. Mm -hmm. So when Roy, Roy Wimmer was on LB live, we were giving away a free device and you have to use a hashtag to win the device. Okay. And Nick thought I was going to use big dick Roy, um, <laughs> which I was a fair assumption. 
Because he's been in trouble in his own home for shouting it. Oh, yeah, dude. My <laughs> wife was on a, uh, you know, all this work at home bless. Yeah, yeah. Man, my wife was working from home. And apparently while I was gaming, I was yelling that a few times, way <laughs> louder than I thought, to the point that her boss tells the whole meeting, tell whoever that is, we can hear them. <laughs> and of course, on these stupid web meetings, it shows you. Oh yeah, like they, it. they all know it was me, man. Yeah. All her coworkers are like, "Yep, that's that dumb skydiver husband of hers." <laughs> that's funny, dude. Oh my god, I, I love the fact that fear is what drives and motivates us. Fear mm-hmm. will always be there. Yeah. Will you let fear overcome you, or will you be empowered by that fear? That's, yeah. That depends on the day. What do you mean? For me. <laughs> like when you went into the bathroom today to clean it, you, there was some fear. <laughs> oh, What's man. this going to smell like? Did have an exciting day. Man, it's a... Uh, um, so you, you've got you've got to this 100 jumps. Now to, to today, fear is kind of what drives you, what motivates you. Yeah. At this point, I'm going to fast forward and then we're going to come back. Okay. What is your full-time job right now? Right now? Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I was working at iFly. <laughs> And, um, yeah, the whole shutdown happened in March, and I actually worked the very last day the tunnel was open. Before Wh- we got which tunnel it. were you at? Uh, Dallas. Okay. I fly Dallas, yeah. And um, they, they all closed the same day, all the corporate tunnels? I believe so. I think we were, like, it was funny, because, like, every business was, like, pretty much closed at that point, and, like, we were, like, still open for some reason. Um, I think we were one of the later I flies to shut down, I believe. I remember our management was saying that, like, we're not going to close down unless the state makes it. It's a good move. Solid move. Bold yeah. move. Keep it going. You know, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I ain't fucking going home. I ain't leaving. <laughs> and what, I think what, what was the model I thought I was saying? Germs can't stick to you at 120 miles an hour. I, I think, or I'm not sure if someone was just saying that, or I think that might have been used on their social media. Who knows? But Do you still uh, work for iFly at all? Uh, I had a phone call yesterday with my manager. Um, cause they want me to work weekends and stuff. And, uh-huh. and I had an agreement exactly a year ago with my old GM that come April of this year, that I was be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and they can't honor that anymore. So I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, it's fair <laughs> to say some things have changed since last April in the way that the world works. Right. Yeah. And especially for iFly and the number of staff that they do yeah. and, and don't have, I think it's, uh, if I was in their shoes, I could I could imagine why why they might have to tell you such a thing, right? For sure. So, but uh, but I mean, you can only do what, what you can do, right? If you can't yeah. live live your life without having those days off, then maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, exactly. And they asked me like midsummer to start like coming back and working full time and work weekends. I'm like, no, I can't do that. It's a smack dab middle of the skydiving season. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I love the fact that you were able to say that. So right yeah. now, your full-time life is skydiving? Uh, I mean, I've been, ever since the shutdown happened, I've Chick-fil-A? been studying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one reason why I'm going back to Florida, at least temporarily, is because uh, I'll have a job there. Um, but I was spending a lot of time researching and like uh, practicing like, all, like e-commerce. Okay. Like, online. like I haven't been able to do anything successful just yet, but... From what I've been reading, it's like you gotta you have to fail in order to get good at I mean, generally in life it seems like you have to be ready, willing, and super able to fail before yeah. you get good at anything. Yeah. I, I never quite realized my life goal, dreams, and aspirations, but I tried to start companies on multiple occasions in my life. I've actually tried to start little side businesses and side yeah. hustles left and right. 
And um, ultimately today, I, I don't want kids, man. Crotch goblins, they're for the <laughs> devil, man. No crumb snatchers running around this house. Um, what was the last one? Crumb snatchers. Crumb snatchers. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking crumb about snatchers. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've never heard crumb snatchers. When I thought. You Shout said out to Eric Clayton. Crump snatchers. I crump. imagine there was some aggressive dancing <laughs> happening. Uh, yeah. No, I think. Uh, so crumb snatchers is what I called them in high school. And high school was 40. No, no, no. 30 years ago. Jesus, Grammy. 30 years ago, I was 16. Uh huh. <laughs> crumb yeah. snatcher. Yeah. We're going to find this. Uh, in. And what is the name? Oh, of Urban Wiktionary. Yeah, says it's a uh, humorous or derogatory. A young child, a person who. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just found Urban Dictionary. A person who can't do shit on his own, <laughs> so he steals what's left, <laughs> what's left over, such as old girlfriends, pickup lines, raps, copies of your artwork, etc. I know a few people like that. Oh, dude, Crumb Snatcher <laughs> is completely changing my vocabulary. Grim. And O M. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Oh, my oh, God. Man. I'm so happy. Thank you, Nick. I'm glad you... <laughs> <laughs> Used in a sentence. Yo, that Tyrone is a fucking crumb snatcher, son. <laughs> <laughs> An endearing term used to define small children. <laughs> my little crumb snatchers just love my chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, it sounds a little different when you put it in that sentence. I like a person who can't do shit on his own, so he steals what's <laughs> left over, such as old girlfriends, pickup lines, raps, copies of your... That's perfect. <laughs> Oh, here we go. People that often bum smokes, accept many gifts from you, then harass you about the $5 you owe them. People who hit, <laughs> people who hit two lines when you clearly made them one. Also, people that never bring chicks to parties but will instead try their luck on your chicks. Crumb snatcher. Dude, that word, the Spaceland and crumb snatcher, that word is about to go around the DZ because I'm oh, yeah. 100%... I have changed my mind on what that word means now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We got some people snatching some crumbs out of the show. Dude, there are some crumb snatchers on the DZ. <laughs> Is it, are they crumb snatchers or crumb snatches? So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's from Ninja Say What. Anyways, so um, now your your uh, e-commerce. What are you, e-commerce? What the heck are you talking about? Like selling stuff on. Yeah, so like, what are you what are you trying to do with e-commerce? Like uh, work back I've in? been I've been like researching like drop shipping, um a little bit of like Amazon FBA, stuff like that. Okay. Um but yeah, it's one of those things like it's been kind of like a side thing, so I get I get what you're saying now, a buddy yeah. of mine, uh do you know Edward? Uh his family's gotten into uh drop shipping for that what did you call the Amazon F FBA, yeah. Yeah. They've been doing that, and man, it's a hustle. It is yeah. a hustle. They've Some been sweating. Can make a killing off that stuff. Like, especially a few years ago. Now it's it's sat more saturated for sure. But I mean, you could still do well off it. You know, I've just been seeing some of the numbers people have been putting up, and yeah. I mean, if you do it right, then that's always been my goal: is like not have like one income stream, is have like five at least. You know, so it's just something I kind of like because I could be at the drop zone and be like, oh man, I got a couple orders in, cool. You know, but that's part of your goal is full time skydiving. Being able to use this as your primary direction and use other things to make money to support what what you're doing. Yeah, it's been kind of evolving lately. I've been kind of uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. I've been trying to figure out what it's been. Just like the whole iFly thing was like huge curveball to me. Like I thought I was going to be with iFly for at least a couple more years, like two more years at least. 
and kind of wean off that and do more skydiving. But um, what level instructor are you? Uh, level four. Okay. Um, so you, you you've put some time in. You've put some yeah. months in. Yeah. If you in five years from now, where in five years from now, where would you want to be in skydiving? What's your five year goal? Ooh, five What's years from now. Um, definitely be talented enough and knowledgeable enough where I'd be asked to like coach at like high level events. However, name your dream event you want to organize at. Oh, I would love to be a coach at Firefly. Yes, dude. Flight camp. Yeah, of course. You know, that or angle week or whatever. Um, Yeah, just like these angle events. That's what I like a lot. So back to it. Your goal really is super skydiving oriented. Yeah. I mean, there there might be other goals. There's other businesses or other right. Like everything I'm doing is evolved around me getting to jump and have the freedom of jumping where I want, when I want, and not having to worry about like, oh, I gotta be at the tunnel at 9 a.m. this Tuesday. You know, like, no, I don't want to do that life. You know, we'll come back to all those goals. Now I'm gonna okay. rewind. I told you, fast forward, rewind. Gotcha. Rewind. Now you're back at 100 jumps. Okay. When did you realize that these goals you're having are goals you're having? Mm. Not at that point, that's for sure. Um, 100 jumps, I was still just like going out and jumping for jumping, just to jump. You're just happy you could wipe your butt at 100 jumps. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're just happy you could wipe your butt. Oh, yeah, jumps. I was yeah. just kind of like, st- st- I didn't even think. Like, I remember, I still remember when I made my 50th jump, and I was like, man, I can't believe I made 50 skydives. Like, that's a lot, you know? And I was like, in college at the time, and just telling people, like, who I met in college that I skydive and stuff. And I remember actually, cause yeah, I think we had like 11 jumps and they're like, what you skydive 11 times. Like it was just <laughs> crazy. It's, just, it's been a constant thing of me, like trying to wrap my head around what I actually just did. I don't know how to describe it. Right. Just kind of like, I don't know, being amazed of like the next accomplishment or next or goal, whatever the number, you know, like, you were so overwhelmed yeah. with amazement of just progress. At yeah, exactly. You know, I, I never thought like when I went through AFF, it was just to go through AFF. I mm-hmm. didn't even think of like, or, like maybe I was going to get my license. And then I got my license. and I was like, then I hit 50 jumps. I was like, whoa, I didn't think I was going to hit this. And, you know, it was kind of like one foot from the other. It wasn't like a big goal. Okay. Now, I, that's a perfect answer. I, yeah. I know. First of all, wandering conversations. If you've ever yeah. listened or paid attention to the show, we do not stay on topic very well. <laughs> it's all good to me. Uh, a lot of that wandering. And, and you answer ultimately the question. And the thing I want jumpers to understand sometimes is we don't know what we're doing. I yeah. don't know how the f- I got here, man. Right. You and I had a little bit of a private conversation earlier about my background and what I do yeah. in this sport and how that honky tonk did i get here yeah i got no clue Dude, your swearing game has really <laughs> taken a step backwards <laughs> <laughs> i do i it's i know honky tonk i'm so sorry <laughs> that's, I'm trying. that's the new pejorative somehow the honky tonk I do. What I, if you're a country line dancer? You probably really <laughs> like the honky tonk. You might not even understand that that's a swear word. Right so now. when I think honky tonk, I think honky tonk man. Do you have any clue who that is? Honky <laughs> tonk man. Double old WWF now called WWE wrestler. So, oh man, yeah. I don't want to fight that guy. <laughs> Dude, this is probably 40, 30 year old knowledge, man. Where he come out and 
Banking oh, he looks like a giant Elvis. <laughs> and he'd hit people with a guitar thong. <laughs> this is <laughs> just <laughs> <looks> awesome. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like a giant Elvis. Like yeah, Elvis became a wrestler. That's his whole that's his whole thing. Yeah, you're probably not gonna be shocked by this, Nick, but I loved WWF growing up as a Oh, kid. dude, he has aged terribly. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I can't I, yeah, but better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways i forget what how i was horribly swearing uh-huh um what, you forgot what the honky tonky were talking about yeah <laughs> being sucked down the rabbit hole of skydiving <laughs> oh man we have no clue what we want oh yeah yeah we we really don't like i don't know how i got here like mm-hmm. what what did i do to accomplish the things i, I got here i put one step ahead of my yeah. i put one foot ahead at a time I focused on what was here. I focused on what was now, and I, and I grinded my butt off, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll speak on Nick's behalf, uh, and I'll let him speak on his own as well. But Nick, I've watched him from the outside. I guess from really the inside because we're good friends. But Nick, every day worked hard. Every day grinded. Every mm-hmm. day put it down. And today you're the manager of one of the largest dropsons out there. If you do what I do, you can also clean up a clogged toilet in the middle of a busy day. <laughs> Living the dream. I tell people when when I tell people I own the rating center, I also say that means I'm the janitor and the secretary. Nick, would you disagree to that as a manager? Not one bit. Yeah. Um, but back to it, would you say you focused on becoming a manager or would you say you just grinded every day and just did Man, what you uh, did? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, there are some goals in life that I've uh, actively chased and there are some things that I just continue to. I don't I don't think you always have to have a goal. I think you can just try and do a great job at what you're doing and that that will often open up opportunities to to either move further forward in what you're doing or to make a lateral step into into something else but uh so so no I don't necessarily think that I had you know I think I actually had a goal on turning a management offer down. Yes. I think that was what was more in my mind <laughs> because I imagine they would offer me to, to travel to another Spaceland location that they were opening and, and manage one of, uh, you know, one of a, the new drop zones. And yeah. I didn't want to do that because I like it here. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I had thought about saying no to a management uh, offer. But, you know, when uh, I guess you never really know what you're going to do with an opportunity until it's right there before you because mm-hmm. you don't know where you're going to be mentally and you don't know, you know, once you're, until you're sitting in that seat, you might not know what you're going to say. But uh, most days I'm pretty happy about it. I think it takes me right back to why I wanted you on the show. You don't know. Right. You just kept grinding. You just kept enjoying the ride. I think if we put, I love long-term goals. I love putting things ahead of me. But at the same time, man, if you just grind, if you just work hard, you're yeah. going to do something. Right. Um, I like Wit a lot, and I'm not going to put Wit down in this next statement, but I will. <laughs> um, I love you, Wit. You're a good dude. He's but, listening right now. But so Wit, is, Wit has done a good job being uh-huh. vocal for the group. Yeah, He's definitely. done a good job representing the group well. Right. But Wit has been more of the spokesman. Mm-hmm. Um, you've just been quiet. You've just been grinding. And Wit, great job. I've always been more impressed by you than I have been by Wit. <laughs> you've stood out strong on uh-huh. your own no dude i love what wit does for you guys i think wit is a huge asset i think right, right. strength and weaknesses yeah. nick and i make a good team because we have very different strengths and weaknesses right, and right. my weaknesses have grown so tremendously because of our, our our partnership and friendship together of what we do partners how you doing sweetheart hey baby doll yeah girl um 
<laughs> you want me to leave for a second? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I groped Francisco's butt today because Yuko was giving him a massage and he started getting a little bit weirded out by it. And then when he found out it was me, he was okay with it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it seems less weird, right, to get uh, like uh, a butt grab from a male friend than it does from a female friend who's your buddy's girlfriend. <laughs> If my buddy's girlfriend's grabbing my butt, it's like, yo, dude, what do I do? Yeah. Like, how am I going to tell my friend about this that your girlfriend's into my butt for some reason when you're not around? But if it's just your buddy, it's like, oh, yeah, dude, I get it. Do that. Uh, it, it's still awesome to see. Um, <laughs> but you, you've you been uh, Jay and Silent Bob. You've been Silent Bob. <laughs> you sit in the background. You don't yeah. say much. You do your job, you do your role, you work hard. You do have nice long hair and a beard as well. Yes. Thank you. You need to wear I a trench coat to the DZ. <laughs> but then when you do say something, you have more of an impact because what wit? you say means something. <laughs> Can it be wit and silent Tyler? Can that be a thing? <laughs> wit and silent <laughs> Tyler. Where's Argy at? Algae. Algae, yeah. <laughs> Algae swings. Well, champ. <laughs> um, so <laughs> your answer of, I asked you, when did you realize these were your goals? You're like, I don't know, man. I just kept doing it. I just kept doing yeah, it. Yeah, snowballed and... <laughs> Like, sorry, I'm uh, giggling because I'm about to do a split screen of you and Silent Bob. <laughs> I even know what Silent Bob looks like, so I need to, I need to watch too. Well, you'll have to. Uh, can I flip this monitor around? Uh, yeah, you can. You can jackhammer it around all you want. <laughs> um, so I want to read something out here real quick. Um, Ron Lavoy, you're a good manager, Nick. Patty Pilates, Nick is doing a great job, and I do agree with him. And Thank you, guys. You know, I really have felt a lot of support from our uh, from our Jesus. Fun Jumper community. So, now you see the the photo comparison I was making, but no, uh, I felt a lot of uh, support from the uh, from the Fun Jumpers. Everyone seems like they're having a good time there. And uh, gosh, I don't want to take any of that credit. Really, I know that we have a strong team. I know that I lean on all of them. So, if you feel like I'm doing a good job, thank everybody else at the Drop Zone. I will give Nick a lot of credit, but said and done. So many people on staff have stepped up their game since you become manager. Now, again, giving you credit, they've done it because they want to support you. But I will say a large difference in the drop zone is the behavior of the team there, the behavior of the fun jumpers there. I do think you have an influence on that behavior, but I do agree, man. Tell the staff how much you appreciate them. Tell the pilots how much you appreciate them. Tell the Packers, man. Bring Manifest, dude. Anybody listening to this podcast at any point in the next 20 years, <laughs> this weekend, grab a bottle of wine, take it to your manifestors, and say, have a bottle of wine on me, guys or gals, whoever it is. Not a case of beer, a bottle of wine. Make it different. Make it something unique. Make them feel special because emotionally and mentally, the hardest working person on the drop zone on a weekend is a manifester. Oh, I have respect for them. Yeah, that's yeah. that's hard stuff doing what they're doing. Physically <laughs> on a weekend, the hardest working person is a packer. Yeah. Whiningly, the hardest working person is a tandem instructor. <laughs> I'm laughing because of Nick's face. No, I, I was really trying to process it of like who who I think uh you know, I think everyone everyone has gripes that are pretty understandable. Yeah. Where it's like, man, I can I can understand the videographer gripe of hey, I gotta pack my own rig on every single jump. And I can uh, understand the um the tandem instructor gripe of, hey, I've got to be attached to this sometimes smelly person and I've got to do a logbook and then they're, you know, and they're uh, they're attached to them and can affect the uh, the outcome of the jump. I can understand 
the perspective of uh, an AFF instructor who's got a student who's just not getting it, and now it's slowing down the pace at which they can work. And you know, I can understand the packer who gets a messy pack job from that same student that wasn't doing a great job. <laughs> I can understand the frustrations of the pilot when the skydivers don't get out fast enough. I can understand the man the manifestors' frustrations when they have an organizer with a messy list and they got to make sure everyone's on the on the airplane. So it's like I do see all of these gripes and I do understand why you know the struggles of of all these jobs and I think that they're all valid. But uh, you know I. I think that being on jump staff is just super fun because you get to have, you get to go skydiving. Like you get to have that reset. And, uh, for me anyway, when my, my time when shooting, shooting video, it's like, no matter how frustrated I was, it, it was like, you know, cause, cause being busy and turning, you know, going fast and whatever. It's like, man, you always get that, that moment where the parachute opens and you're like, Oh man, I did it again. And here I am in the sky and this is pretty cool. It's crazy that this is my life and this is what I do for work. And so, when uh, there are other jobs that I don't know, like I don't know where a packer gets their mental reset in the day. I don't know where manifest gets their mental reset in the day. So, so I do value those gripes because they're kind of stuck in their spot all day. Mm -hmm. Like you're stuck in that manifest office. Whoever comes to the counter, you're still right there. If you got a good team of uh, you know ladies that'll let you, the ladies or gentlemen who let you switch switch things around, and people you know get to walk away from the counter and take a break as as they need to. But uh, you know, when you're stuck in that same spot and there's no fun energy to, to mix it up, like going for a skydive and, and uh, showing someone how, how crazy and cool this is, that I can understand why those frustrations could, could grow more in a day than uh, for the people that are actually jumping. Man, thank all those hardworking staff members. They but every, behind the scenes. Everyone is working hard. And if, yeah, and every I mean, one of them. I, I really do my very best to deny every compliment that anyone gives about yes, the drop zone. Yes, you do. <laughs> Be, because, man, I, I really, that, that really is the truth. Of, man, there are so many people uh, doing so many different things that, that make that place work that when it feels like it's working good and you just happen to see me on the ground, it might feel like I have more to do with it than I do. But, man, please, please thank those people that... Uh, that are working hard all day. Do you, he said a lot of words over there, <laughs> a lot of words. There's one word that stood out to me more than any other word. Did you uh -huh. catch what word that was? He actually said it a lot, the one word. Understand. Okay, and yeah. I appreciate that because I don't have to agree with your problem. I don't have to agree with your gripe. I do need to attempt to understand it. Mm -hmm. Um one of my goals in life is, is and I, I don't know, Nick, if you've had this conversation with me yet, but when somebody tells me a concern or problem they have, I vocalize their problem to them. Nick's like, hey, DJ, I don't like that you're doing this. Hold on, Nick, let me get this straight. You don't like that I'm doing this about that. Yes. And I say it for two reasons. Uh, first of all, to make sure I understand what the F's going on. DJ, I don't like that you have that face. <laughs> um, Nick, you can't do anything about it. Valerie likes it, so go flop yourself. <laughs> So, Consider we flopped. Honky tonk. I, I can't wait to go honky tonk yourself, <laughs> mother flopper. I can't wait. Tomorrow I'm going to walk around the DZ. Nick's going to just drop on the ground and start flopping. <laughs> like, I'm getting flopped. <laughs> um, um, understand, but like take that opportunity. Attempt to understand their perspective. And, yeah, and I definitely. think that's what you've done well, Nick, in that position is understanding other people's perspectives. And, and mm -hmm. I think we'd all get along better. Yeah, definitely. Back to you, back to you though. You you had no clue what you wanted to do. When did you become a tunnel instructor? Um, about three years ago, and I had about five hundred jumps. I think. What got you to that? Like, what what brought tunnel instructor to you? Like, um, okay, so before that, 
I think my first time in a tunnel, I had 100 jumps, 105 jumps, something like that. I wish I could have went through the tunnel going through Anfet <laughs> earlier, but that was just my path. And, um, oh, man, I saw, I think it was like Christmas Day back at the OG Orlando Tunnel um, uh, years ago, just like maybe six or something years ago. And then I saw my instructor fly his demo after we all got done flying. And I was like, damn, I need to somehow get myself into this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I still remember just seeing that demo and just like, yep. And then... Um, Who was that instructor? Do you know? Uh, Striker. Okay, I don't know the name. Yeah, but, but I suppose he's like an OG tunnel instructor. But it's always curious to see who remembers that person who's inspired yeah. him. Have you got to meet Noah, talk to Striker since? No. It's a uh, man. I, one of my most favorite things in the world I can say is Steve Barker got me into skydiving. Mm-hmm. Carmen Molnix taught my first jump course uh, 23 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Right. Steve Barker and I still communicate regularly. And about five, actually seven years ago, uh, I was actually uh, sitting with my original DZO mm-hmm. and we were talking about Carmen and he called her up and handed her the phone and said, somebody wants to talk to you. I said, hi, Carmen. My name is DJ. I don't think you probably remember. I know exactly who you are, DJ. <laughs> um, I'm like, why? Well, she's like, no, no, no. I taught you to skydive way back when. This is who you are. Um, well, cool. So um, I, I've, I've been like working. She's like, no, you own the rating center. You. I'm like, holy cow. Like this, this person nice. who yeah. I idolize. I'm an AFF examiner. I've been one for a while. Yeah. Some of what I teach and how I teach, I learned from my AFF instructor. Right. I can also tell you other AFF instructors I had were not as great. Some were great. Some were good. Some were bad. Yeah. Um, so it's not a, the idolization. It's in a very educated position. Carmen did that great job. Nice. And I've been able to hit her up, talk to her on the phone, and tell her what she meant to my career. And, man, I hope you can get to talk to Stryker one day. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Dude, it almost made me cry telling her, yeah. like, the inspiration. <laughs> dude, Carmen also, though, I was on a free fly team before free flying was in the Nationals. Not yeah. kidding. We were at a competition. It was one of the last competitions that existed before free flies was at Nationals. Mm-hmm. My team took silver. Um, we got lucky. But in the award ceremony, we hoped for fifth. They announced fifth. Maybe we'll get fourth. They announced fourth. Like, okay, we're screwed. They announced third. We're like, yeah, no chance. They announced second, and we didn't answer right away. Mm-hmm. We finally answer. We go to the podium. We're like, Aah! and I look out there, and there's my first jump course instructor who jumps at a different drop zone that is three hours away. Wow. She said she heard that I was competing that day, and she came out just to support me. Nice. A friend of ours let her know that we were going to podium, and she wanted to be there to support me. Super Dude, what cool. a gnarly lady. Man. Yeah. Awesome. Carmen, Carmen, absolute matter of respect for her. Um, I hope you get to have that conversation with Stryker one day, brother. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm super neat. I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> I love you. Um, and so 500 jumps, you become a tunnel instructor. Yeah. Have you now figured out organizing and coaching is in your future? Um, yeah, I just kind of uh, snowballed, really. Kind of went like, uh, oh, from that point. Um, yes. No, I just wanted to fly in a tunnel and get good at that and, you know, just just improve skydiving and then that didn't come till later i'm sorry greg chandler heck yes brother tom riddick i remember him as well greg chandler listens to the show uh we've hooked up through the show mm-hmm. uh we don't actually know each other but i'm positive we, we've compared notes we learned to skydive at the same place at the same time um so mm-hmm. uh, absolutely positive i know him um i love i love those names brother uh, absolutely super cool people um 
you so at, at 500 jumps in the tunnel, you're still kind of lost to your future goals. Yeah, I just knew I wanted the skydive, and I wanted to because uh, I, I at that point just heard about all right, like if you want to learn how to fly the proper way, you have to learn the tunnel. And um, like before working at the tunnel, I was saving my money and driving to I Fly Orlando, the the original one, and like going to their overnight camps and just like saving whatever money I got and dropping like an hour overnight, like starting at like 11 p.m. and ending at like sunrise, you know, just flying. And uh, yeah, just kind of one foot in front of the other, you know, just kind of just because I liked it. And then just kind of the whole coaching organizing wasn't until later for sure. So at this point, I think it's safe to guess, and, I, and I'm kind of guessing, that you really started probably organizing and coaching before you ever realized the path in it. Yeah. Okay. So what's the first organizing gig you had? Um, let's see. I think uh, it was probably the tunnel, the VFS tunnel nights. I, I threw a few times at, at the tunnel. Um and then the first skydiving one, like official event, was the Halloween buggy uh, a year ago, last year's. <laughs> so last year was your first official skydiving organizing event. Yeah. Were you organizing at the DZ at all? Oh, yeah, I was, yeah. that that. Um, so you were already year. organizing at a local level? Correct, yeah. When did you start organizing at that local level? Um, <clears throat> I had like a thousand jumps. Okay. Yeah. So you, gosh, I'm trying to do a little bit of math. Probably about uh, three years ago. Um, no, I think it was the beginning of like last year. Oh wow! So you've really yeah. been ripping, man. Yeah, I, I've been nice. like me the tunnel. Like yeah, I've been t- working the tunnel for three years. Then yeah, I just made my love for skydiving. I was like, man, it's kind of like it gave me the because back in Clouston, I had five hundred jumps and like I could hold a sit in the sky, but I was figuring out how to move, and I think I. Had a doc, maybe. I don't know. And it wasn't like because of me, it was because of the person. Because <laughs> they were good at chasing and yeah, knocking. Yeah. And then, like, it kind of like felt like the cheat codes to the video game got unlocked. So, like, I just kept jumping. I was like, any day off I had from the tunnel, I'd go to the drop zone and just jump, jump, jump. Whether, you know, sometimes it would be maybe a couple solos because I was like, I just want to fly. I want to fly my parachute. And I had a weird feeling at the time. I was like, you know what? If I, if I, keep on working the tunnel and I keep on skydiving and get my jump numbers up and just keep on doing both. I think something good's going to happen. But I was also thinking like if that never happens, I'm still having fun. So it was kind of like that. I love your approach. I love everything <laughs> you're saying. I think you now have gotten the fact that your answers are all right. Cause there's, <laughs> it's the truth. I don't care yeah. about right or wrong. I care about what you are really thinking. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I love these answers. You, I actually first learned about you because of Ben Nelson. Okay. Ben Nelson was talking to me about organizers out there, what was going on about their mental yeah. program stuff, and and he mentioned your name to me. Nice, um, and said some pretty good things about me. But I didn't realize you were that new to organizing at that point. Right? Know? Yeah. So, when in the when did you realize organizing was a path besides just something to do on a weekend at a DZ? Um. I don't know, maybe before then. I think before then I had like goals of like now that I think of it like of wanting to do that, but I don't know, it's kind of a it just kinda of happened. 
Okay, that, that's that's legit. Yeah. So before you even organize, you realize that would be super cool to do. You realize that would be something I would like to do. Yeah, for sure. Did you make it a goal like I'm going to approach somebody? Did you ask somebody? How did you get to organize the first time on the DZ period? Like not not event. On oh, the DZ. okay, just on the DZ. Um, yeah. So I noticed that we had people in Dallas who um, could free fly and whatnot. But I was like, man, there's nothing really, nothing where people are like getting others excited to come out or like, Hey, just even something simple. Like, Hey, let's come out Saturday and let's jump, you know? So I was like, you know what? I was like, let me just try to spark some, some, uh, uh, what's the word for, um, some activity, you know? And I was thinking, I was like, you know what? There's people out there who are better than me, but like, they don't want to step up or do it. Let me at least do it myself, you know, just kind of like, so I made the Dallas free flyers Facebook group page and just, that was step one and then trying to post on there. Hey guys, like come out, you know, the Saturday we're going to be jumping or, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. And it kind of just snowballed, I guess, really. You took initiative. Yeah. I felt funny at first. Definitely. I was like, all right, here's because like I always had issue with me growing up kind of like putting myself out there and I was kind of like, whatever, let me get over this, you know, let me just try to spark something. You know, I might not be the best candidate, but it's better than nothing is how I thought of it. Jason Hyder, uh, former manager for Spaceland, mm-hmm. was just an instructor for us, and and he had an opportunity to become the chief instructor, the lead instructor, and and I kind of was pushing and promoting it, mm-hmm. and he said, I don't have the experience, I don't have like the, some of the, the things that the other guys have to do it. I said, that doesn't matter, man. To be the leader, you need to be able to work with people, you need to be able right. to understand people, you need to be able to bring people together. And you need to understand your resources. In Jason's mm-hmm. case, I had told him, man, you have something I didn't have as a lead instructor. When I was a lead instructor for Spaceland, the previous lead instructors were all gone. I had mm-hmm. to figure it out by myself. I'm the previous lead instructor. I'll guide you. I'll help you along. But, bro, you have people skills. And when you started that free fly group, I think I got invited to it very quickly, very oh, early yeah. on. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm not sure of this, but every time there's some new group, some new thing, Baseland people are doing, I commonly get invited to it. Yeah. And, and I think it's uh, people will value that guidance. They know that if they need help, they can ask me for it. Right. Um, and I also think it's that uh, they want me to be part of that group. And I, I love the fact that you guys invite me to these things because it really yeah. is cool. And I watch you on there and I immediately go, who the honky tonk <laughs> is this, this mother guy? And I, I like, it was, it was very quick. And so I started watching. And then when I say, who yeah. is this guy? I don't critically think that, but I'm like, really? Like, who is this? Yeah. yeah. So start watching. And you represented yourself very, very well. Oh, thank you. No arrogance, uh-huh. a lot of humility. This is a dude who just wants to fly with a lot of his friends and make yeah. new friends and have a good time. <laughs> That's exactly it. Some people make it way too complicated. That's exactly how I feel. I just want to fly and have fun. I think you put <laughs> such a good model out there, and I love what you just said. People Thank need you. to understand. Don't make it too hard. Don't make it too complicated. Yeah. That's, I wish people I worked with iFly knew that because, oh, my gosh. that was. <laughs> I'm like think it's a blessing I left. I think it's just Dallas, just iFly Dallas. There's you know, some, some big egos. <laughs> just only a few. But that's all it takes to kind of ruin stuff, you know, and kind of uh, make things that so much fun, maybe not as fun anymore. So many people want to do what you're talking about, become an organizer, and and they try too hard. Yeah, I I think really what me, Wit, and RG try to do, just in general, is like just bring value, you know. I was, I think, like that's what the group was about. It was just like bringing value to people. And, um, 
I don't know, what even told me, he goes, hey, man, like when you start doing this, you're going to ruffle up some people's feathers and you're going to stir the pot a little bit. Not because we want to, but like they're going to, you know, like when I started organizing and all of a sudden like a bunch of people in Dallas wanted to, you know, which is cool. But um, I just don't think the honest intentions were there for some people. It's kind of, yeah, it definitely ruffled up some people's feathers. It pans out in due time. If you do the right thing and you keep working, it's going to work. Yeah. And if you're doing the right thing, not everybody's going to be happy. In yeah. general, cliche, but haters are going to hate. It's yeah. Hate, 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 dude. Definitely. That's something I had to get used to at first because before that, I never, I always said, I was always cool with everyone pretty much. Never had an issue with people and just working the tunnel. I was like, man, some people are just, yeah, just, you know, maybe I started bringing a little more coaching in because I was at the drop zone and they weren't jumping. So they're like, probably like, man, why is this dude who's newer to me having more coaching than I do? And some weird you know it's kind of some weird events you're still super young in your career but you're now starting to see people come up behind you uh-huh who are chasing your coattails uh-huh who want to do what you're doing who who uh, this is super weird and gross to think right but you know there are people out there who are now idolizing you, <laughs> you do you realize that <laughs> i don't i mean i don't think i don't dude think about it when you had 50 to 100 jumps a guy oh, who yeah. had 2200 jumps was a god oh yeah dude. i thought they were the- so cool, yeah. <laughs> you're organizing at various events. You're doing right. Do you realize people actually idolize you? I mean, I think they're they're young and they don't know any better. <laughs> um, <laughs> not not as yeah, a shot to you, but like people idolize any of us. Right, I'm like right. that. That's silly, man. None of us are yeah. special or gifted. But now you see these people, and and, and what would you tell them? What man? I forget where I went with that. I, I really had a good thing I wanted to ask you. Right. My well, that's a good broke. question, though. Like, what would you tell them? Um, bring value to people. If like, do it in a way where you're helping everyone out rather than getting to where you want to be and, and kicking the ladder down. Because I think does that make sense? It does. Okay. It does. Because just like. I don't know, like, if you're out there trying to cut other people's success, like, that's what happened in Dallas. So, for example, I had a student of mine telling me, because um, I wasn't work. I mean, I was at the tunnel working on a Sunday, and there's two of the guys at the drop zone, both tunnel instructors trying to talk shit and, you know, make fun of the event that I was running. It was like a, a beginner's trackers course, and they're supposed to be being super arrogant on the packing mat. And telling people, I don't know, not telling people, but just like whether it's between themselves or just being allowed and, you know, people are hearing it. He was like, man, he goes, he goes, you know what? Those two guys have a big ego and they're super arrogant. And, um, you know, if, if someone has to be successful by cutting other people down, that's not the way of going about it. So he goes, I will never get coaching from either of those two guys. They were talking about that, about. About two two guys about other people, not you. Yeah, not not me. Oh, no, like somebody no. called you arrogant. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no, you talking about not... like these two guys. Yeah. Okay, I thought somebody yeah. called you arrogant. That, that <laughs> yeah. is the last word I've ever thought of your brain or yeah. your face. <laughs> Dude, you are not arrogant. Okay, um, I, th- that makes a lot more sense. I, I I love what you've said about those other people, and you actually really didn't answer my question. I didn't ever answer a- ask it right. Right. I'm sorry. I kind of forget what the question. No, was you got it worked out, man. <laughs> but let's even go as far as RG. And yeah. RG has how many jumps right now? Um, he has like 650. I thought he had like 800. But he so he's got a third, a quarter of the jumps as you were in that yeah. range. And RG is coming up, man. Oh he, yeah. He, that dude is crushing. That's the dude I support right there. hundred percent. Like he's, yeah, he's. So there was it. a point where RG was way behind you mm-hmm. 
And and jump number wise, he's still way behind you. But I don't think right. jump numbers are reflective necessarily of skill or personality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now he is absolutely your peer. Yeah, absolutely your peer. You have watched tunnel instructors crush that guy. You've let that guy come up with you. How like how did you did how did this relationship come to be? Um, with RG. So when he first started working the tunnel. We got on pretty instantly. We just have a really similar sense of humor. <laughs> um, and just like, I don't know, just, he just, we just uh, clicked really well. And then we, I found out that he really, we share the same passions and like our same goals with skydiving. And uh, he's, he's a humble guy for sure. So, you know, I even despite him, two world championships. Yeah. Despite that, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I even told him, I was like, hey, man, if you ever become, like, cocky or arrogant, I will stop, like, helping you out 100%. Like, not that I've done a lot for him, but I've definitely, like, told him things I wish I knew, you know? Like, when I started organizing at Dallas, like, I had no one to learn from. So, like, when I was new, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I had to figure out as I went. <laughs> and whereas him, like he, like, he could have watched me. I'm like, hey, man, like, this is what you should do, you know, and... But you're telling switch. me this whole time that you see RG coming up. Yeah. Before I say this next thing, I can simply say you could have seen RG as a threat. Right. You could see a, RG as somebody who's going to overwhelm, overcome, and overpass you. You could see that's the right. potential truth, right? And instead of seeing that, you instead offered him help? You lifted him up? Yeah. I believe in, like, I'm selective. Because if I knew, like, I've helped out people where I'm like, eh, I don't really, not a huge fan of them. You know, but I believe that like, I don't just like reading stuff like Napoleon Hill, like he says that the quickest and best way of being successful or rich, whatever you've said, was by helping someone else out. So I'm a big believer in that of like, if you want to be good at something or, or successful, like help out other people. That way we can create like a culture rather than people trying to fight against each other. It doesn't do good for anyone, I think. I think if we're all like, hey, okay, you know, just between like even just like coaches too you know it's like if we're all helping each other out it's going to help out everyone instead of trying to belittle each other or kind of like compete you know it's not good for anyone really i you can see that guy up and coming and hold him back hold him down or you can lift him up and ride his tailcoats on the way by yeah because he has things that he can teach me too that i've learned from him so it's like you know, people are only so strong by themselves. Once you have a team, whether it's like another teammate or a group of people, it just magnifies everyone's efforts immensely. Back to it. These are exactly the things I wanted you on the show for cool. tonight. <laughs> you are the, the reason I think that you're blossoming and the reason I think that you're at the very beginning of what is a, a bright uh, future uh -huh. is the things you're saying right now. Right. And this is exactly what I want jumpers particularly those young up-and-coming jumpers to hear you're new and you have 50 jumps you have a uh, 500 to a thousand jumps and you think you want to become that next big name organizer everything you've told me classifies as unassuming respectful uplifting would you say those are fair words to use to your mindset sure <laughs> yeah and, and I, I, I hear it all the time. I mean, you, you've at this point now started here, and I know Nick hears it all the time. Mm -hmm. I want to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this. And, and I, I know all of you want to, but most of you will never do it. Um, yeah. And it's just historically the truth. I've noticed that too. People, especially 
yeah, just don't say anything. Just show up and do it, really. And, you know, and that's like talk is cheap. And I have noticed that some people, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. And then they, and then when you really watch them, like luckily at this point in my life, just from kind of being burned by people, I'm like, all right, like people are going to say all types of stuff. So I'm going to watch what they do rather than listen to what they say because you're going to get burned like nine times out of ten doing that. One of the things I wanted to focus on tonight is how you've treated other people in your career and how mm-hmm. you've kind of used as such a horrible word, but used the relationships you have and, and used them not in, in a negative way, but you've just uh, taken advantage of good relationships right? Utilize, yeah. and let those do their own thing. You've not right. focused on the advantage of what comes. You focused on the advantage of the relationship. Right. But the other thing I really wanted to look at tonight is something that's stood out to me huge from you is your humility. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you're way better than you realize you are. I think you're way more valuable and way bigger of an asset than you realize you are. Um, how do you, like, do you realize what you, do you realize where you're at? Like, I, I've said some nice things to you tonight, and I, I see you kind of like, wow, really? Face. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? I kind of, you know, no, there, 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 yeah. there never was a question. You, you kind of stole the number. Uh, <laughs> do do you realize okay. that people think that well of you? Do you realize that you're where you're at based off what I'm like? Do you realize my version uh-huh. of what I'm saying? Do you, do you think what I'm saying is true about you? Um, that you've accomplished I, good I, things that you're going places? I guess, yeah. I, I mean, like I, my friend Justin, who's uh, who just moved here, who's actually taken over my lease. So I can go back to Florida. Thanks, Justin. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he lives in uh, or he was living in Florida and jumping Sebastian and Clouston. He was telling me how like he heard my name out there, and um, that was cool to hear. And he was like, "Yeah, man, you're gonna have no issues getting any coaching or anything down there, because for sure, you know, they're gonna want to jump with you." So that was cool. But I don't know. I think uh, I personally think there's so much more for me to learn, and I think I should definitely start being more confident in myself and my flying because you know just I do think I have more talent than what so you you you, you you know you you have crushed it for me because you <laughs> don't know you're my right. real question is is do you realize where you're at and you obviously don't completely know and realize and the thing that is hard to do is you you ultimately want to become somebody right and something and it's hard to chase that dream without an ego it's hard to chase that dream without keeping humility right and the reason the majority of my friends who have chased the goals you're chasing have not accomplished it is because their ego and their humility get in the way they okay. don't do a good job of 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 staying humble and i think right. so it's a horrible question, but how do you keep yourself in check? How do you keep that humility? So it's a horrible question because you probably um, don't realize it. So basically, when I was newer, just, you know, I saw people who are maybe had egos and stuff. And just it always, like, I never liked it. So I always told myself, especially when I started uh, when I work at the tunnel, because I always, like, heard about the tunnel instructor reputation i was like no man i'm gonna change that i'm, I'm definitely not gonna be that classified with that group at all um so yeah it's just me i, I just don't like i don't know i'm always been i think egos are just it's insecurity 
hundred percent. I think people with large egos, like if you have to tell someone you're good, it's probably cause you're not good, <laughs> you know, like people will tell you. So it's just something, uh, you know, it's double edged sword. Sometimes I wish I was like, all right, I need to be more confident with myself in this aspect. I'd rather be like that than be like, hey, you need to tone down. Your ego's big, you know? I love where you're at. So yeah. please keep keep <laughs> struggling with what you're struggling yeah. with. Yeah. One of the reasons uh, almost all my friends are my friends is because of that level of the humility. And, and I idolize and, and really uh, look strongly at that humility and, and try to remember it every day because right. I can say earnestly, I believe I've accomplished things in the sport. I believe I, I can't look behind me and see I, and not realize I've done something. Right. But to this day, I still don't think I am what th- that piece of crap behind the desk says I am. I love mm-hmm. you, Nick. Um, but vice versa, <laughs> he, he argues the same thing to me. So um, you, you, uh, the other thing that goes with that ego for young up-and-coming guys is, is A, they have that big ego, but B, they have the sense of entitlement. And you actually have not had that at all. You, uh, you and I've been in conversations where you had to ask of things from me, right? And when I offer you things, you take them very humbly, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're even going to do this for me." Yeah. Uh, where other people in the same position you and I have been uh, yeah. in say, "I deserve more." I'm like, "How? How do you like?" I think you do deserve more, and you and I have had conversations since that. Since right. I've known you, I realize that. Yeah. How th- that sense of entitlement? What? Where does that come from? Where do you? How do you crush it yourself? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. Just kind of like, I don't know. That's hard. <laughs> like, I believe that, I don't know, I can do something in the back of my head. I know for sure what I can do, but I'm not going to like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a hard one. That's something I would be like, trying to go to bed tonight and like, man, I wish I answered this way, you know, <laughs> you know, and we will we'll all, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. But we'll go back now on that organizing. You organized for nearly a year on your home DZ before you were invited to organize it at an event. Yeah. And let's be real. The event was at another drop zone, but yeah. it was a Spaceland event by a Spaceland organizer. Yeah. So you're really still organizing for the home turf. Right. That, yeah. I mean, it was a little more stressful because like just the fact that like leading some moving jumps, you know, at a different drop zone that I wasn't too, too familiar with at the time. Um, but yeah, it was pretty similar, I guess. But you, you didn't, it didn't happen overnight. You hustled. You, you did a lot of organizing at home before you got there. Yeah. And I was trying to really push coaching and telling a lot. Um, I was doing coaching this guy also at the time, but, um, I was really like, pushing that tunnel coaching a lot and just really trying to like <laughs> if i was at the tunnel if i wasn't at the tunnel I was at the drop zone if it wasn't at the drop zone at the tunnel i was just like non-stop just doing a lot of stuff one of my favorite uh social media posts i've seen in a long time was by a guy named rick nelson mm-hmm. and he made a comment to a sponsored athletes post an athlete made a post whatever the post said rook's comment was how do you know a skydiver is sponsored hashtag and that was his joke. Yeah. Now, honestly, it's it's so many fun jumpers use the same hashtags as sponsored athletes. Yeah. But making a voice on social media is the point. Uh huh. You were openly inviting people nonstop on social media. I don't think you did a good job of promoting events. I don't think you did a good job of promoting yourself. And I think those are compliments. Uh-huh. You did a good job of inviting people to do things with you. Right. Yeah. 
And and I love how you made it about, hey, do you guys want to? Hey, come jump with me. Hey, yeah. do you guys want to? Let's do this together. You yeah. made it about the community. For sure, yeah. So there was a lot of hustle, a lot of work. And, and go out there, post, do these things. Yeah. Last year was your first organizing gig at the... What did we call that again? Halloween Boogie. Thank you. In St. Marcus. <clears throat> Since then, how many events have you organized at? Uh, let's see. Is it that one? Um, uh, Labor Day Boogie. Fourth uh, of July Boogie. Um, we did a camp here in Houston in May. J.D. Logan. And then the Come and Take a Boogie, but that got canceled. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something else. A handful, a good handful. Yeah. So things are now starting to go somewhere. Right, yeah. Whose idea was it for you to 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 organize at that first Halloween boogie? Did you approach somebody or did somebody approach you? No, so Scott Lannis um asked me last summer. He goes, "Hey man, like after the 4th of July boogie, he was like, "Hey, do you want to organize the next 4th of July, like this year's 4th of July boogie?" And then I remember getting an email. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like what? <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I at least got a whole year to prepare and stuff. And then um, oh, I forgot what happened. And then um, I think like a month before the Halloween boogie, he's like, hey, you want to organize it here? And I'm like, what? Like, so I just, I was scared. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm not ready. And I, even, I even called up Carly Pardo. I was like, hey, like, Scott wants me to organize the boogie, like, because she was organizing too, and I met her at the, the... Is she the gal with her super curly hair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's super cool. And then uh, I was like, what do you think? <laughs> like, should I tell Scott I'm not ready? And she goes, no, nah, you'll be fine. Just, you know, this is how it goes down, this and that. And I remember just driving her. I was, like, super scared. And and then, uh, yeah, I did it. And after I was like, oh, that was nothing, you know? Like, I was a new organizer, so, like, I wasn't getting, like, the, the high-level people, so... It's kind of jumping, like basically like coach jumps with the newer jumpers. It was a lot of fun. A, a few nice points there, and yeah. one of them is is you didn't feel like you're ready. Yeah. But yet you did it. How did you convince yourself that you could do it? What did you do to prepare when, even though you didn't think you were ready? Oh, man, just kind of thinking. I was like, you know what? The universe isn't going to throw <laughs> me in a situation that I can't handle. Just thinking that, <laughs> really. Just kind of like, you know what? Just it's like the same thing when I first started jumping. It's like, just feel that fear. And just like, do it anyways. You know, I was thinking, I was like, all right, I'm not going to try to do anything that I don't know how to do. So I'm not going to be like, try to step up. Like, all right, yeah, we're going to organize this thing. Like a jump that was way above my skill set. I was kind of just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to what I know. You know, if someone asks me to do something that I don't, I'm not confident in, I'm just going to say no. So that's how I kind of went about it. Huge, absolutely huge. As an organizer, as a coach, words, as a skydiver, as a human being, yeah. but as an organizer, as a coach, words that you need to use more often. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I'm right. not able to. Don't be afraid to admit those weaknesses. Show those people who are trying to emulate you that you're not perfect either. Right. To allow them more humility. They're going to turn out to, I, I love the fact that you, you, you say that to those people and more organizers and coaches need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I promise you guys like Tex have. Mm-hmm. I promise you guys like Luis Pernetto or Steve Lefkowitz or any any of your big name people, they, they've not been afraid to say it. Right. Don't try to fake it, man. So many people fake it. And, and you might be fooling those people around you for the moment. Yeah. But those of us who've been around, you're not fooling one bit. And those of 
people who you are fooling will see through you within a month. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a cool thing, speaking of that, because I, I like uh, something Tex taught me was um, like at the uh, the Labor Day bookie, like the weather was kind of questionable, but then the loads started going again. And um, but him and Alethe weren't jumping. And then he was just saying like, hey, like, even though the loads are going like the weather isn't the best right now, if something happened, you know, like this is on you. And he goes, even if you say no to people and they're kind of like upset, like, oh, I want to jump, they subconsciously respect you. So that stood out to me a lot. And I think that was a, a great point that I learned from him. I love, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I remember texting <laughs> Alethea standing down and not jumping because they wanted to make sure, A, they were the most comfortable, but B, uh, make sure their jumpers were safe. For sure, yeah. And then I don't really think setting the example was their motivation. I don't think setting the example was their desire, their goal. Right, But right. I think they also understood they were doing the same. Right. Uh, Chuck Akers is huge at standing his groups down. He, he yeah. actually is a daily organizer. Um, I, I think of all the Spaceland organizers we have, Chuck Akers has uh, probably stood his group down more than any other group for weather. Yeah, that's good. And, and I love the leadership to jumpers that shows. Right. So, <clears throat> man, I, I lose track. I, I, I don't <laughs> know was, was where we were at. I uh-huh. tell, Telling jumpers I can't, I don't know, or I don't have the answer. Yeah, I think, I think just like, like one time, like uh, earlier this year, actually once the whole COVID stuff started, uh, uh, like drops and started opening back up. RG and I went down to Florida and got coaching from Luis and, um, like something happened like on a jump and he was like, Oh, Hey guys, my bad. I messed up on this part. And it's just like, it's okay to mess up. And the fact that he was just like, so open of him messing up, it wasn't like a big mess of it all. It was just like something tiny. But the fact he said that it was just like super cool. And it made us respect him so much more, you know, like, you, you get to understand who that guy is more. You get to appreciate mm-hmm. him a bit more. Um, being able to do that. The other thing that you men, men, mentioned in that conversation was you were organizing, you were coaching beginners said and done. Yeah. Uh, you've done, I think, half a dozen gigs at this point, I yeah. say to, to this day. How much of that time have you been organizing low-level stuff now? Um, it's definitely gone up more. So the majority yeah. of it. Uh, yeah, let's see, like, like, the, yeah, but starting to kind of go up where I'm like, all right, starting to fly with more or get asked by more of the advanced guys to fly. So if I want to become an, 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 an organizer one day, I shouldn't expect to start at the top. I should expect to. Oh, no, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was definitely like at the, what was it, the 4th of July boogie this year, you know, especially because all the people I knew in Dallas, all of them, I took coaching a tunnel. So they're asking me to do like flat tracks and stuff. And, you know, I see everyone else doing like these angles I want to be on and stuff, and these multidimensional stuff. But yeah, definitely expect like an embrace too. like love every aspect of, of like being, you know, the low guy on a totem pole and having to work up because it's great practice too, organizing the beginners. And perfect, dude. I love yeah. that you say that because it's not that you don't have the skill set to fly the high level stuff. It's not that you don't have the skill set to understand the high level stuff. Yeah. It's not the you don't have the skill set to even communicate the high level stuff. Right. But learning how to work with groups. Yeah. Embrace learning that. How important yeah. and how much have you learned through that now? A lot, yeah. 
still learning too, and it's never going to end. Yeah, it's learn one new thing at a time, and and coaching at that or organizing at that lower level, Mm -hmm. it gives you so much time. You only have to work with one or two or three people. You can really understand the group dynamics. So I I love the fact that you said that because I kind of wanted to have a conversation on it, and you hit it all at the end. Uh Embrace it. Take away what you can and learn from it. Right, yeah, embrace every part of it. I like the thing that's in the drop zone here in Houston. It's like... Uh, that piece of paper, it's like on the fish pool or something. It was like, dear sky god, so you want to be a <laughs> professional skydiver. And it's kind of like saying how like you got to take whatever's given to you, you know? Like you don't get to call the shots until you're really experienced. Even then, I think uh, um, I think it was Oscar. Uh, Oscar, he was telling me and RG, he was like, hey, like, you know, like if you want to start, if you want to work at flight camp one day, you know, Luis is not going to hire you if you don't have fun teaching the beginners, you know, like if you can only take the group one on the craziest jumps, but you have the last group for the, you know, for a whole day and you're not having fun. You're like, eh, like either they're not gonna, like you have to love all of it. I love one of the things I like about fly for life. I've mm-hmm. never been to uh, a fly for life event or whenever they're here. I guess they've actually had fly for life events here. Yeah. The space camp. Yeah. But the fly for life coaches come here for a lot of different camps. Yeah. And I love seeing, how every single coach, no matter how good and no matter how accomplished they are, work with the beginners. Yeah, and they love it too. They <sighs> they have a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what draw me into the whole fly for life, like wanting to fly those guys, and that's the flying stuff because it's kind of. Uh, I feel like the vertical scene is kind of more of like the egotistical scene, at least what it comes across, you know, like. Oh, I got a record. Well, like not everyone's like that, so I'm, I don't want to like push anyone's buttons. But it kind of, it seems like the Firefly seems way more chill and like let's have fun and okay, we want to do a fun jump and do good. But if you mess up, it's okay. Versus like you know, I feel like the vertical scenes kind of. Well, it makes sense though because like on a vertical jump, if you screw up and you know, like the whole jump, like they're waiting for you to come back in the dock, you know. Yeah. Whereas on an angle, like you're not there. <laughs> see you on the ground it really is yeah. there's less pressure because you cannot be in your slot and still not mess up a skydive yeah yeah exactly, on, on points yeah. you have that issue yeah so i think at this point we're, we're kind of to where you're at in your career right now at this point it's safe to realize or safe to say that you now know you have these goals you now know that that, that making fly for life is is your goals yeah definitely what are you now doing? What is your current thought process to meet those goals? Okay. Uh, continue being coached myself, uh, whether it's going to events and getting coached or um, seeking out one-on-one or like small group coaching with, you know, someone like Tex or, you know, the, the fly for life uh, guys. Um, and also, uh, continuing to coach people. So I think I forgot who exactly said it, but it's like a rule of like third or something. It's like one third of the time surround yourself with people who are better than you. One third of the time surround yourself, yourself with people who are like at your level. So you can kind of like compete with them and a third of the time teach people below you. So I think that's probably like a good, uh, good goal really. Never have you ever heard that ratio before, Mister P? I haven't heard of, heard of that, but I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it completely, man. Like lift me up, push me, 
and yeah. help me understand, help keep it really the noobs actually keep me humble. They really, yeah, really do. Definitely. The people who I'm way better than are the people who keep me the most humble. It's, right. It, embrace those folks. Um, yeah. One of the things you mentioned is staying in camps and staying in coaching. What's yeah. the most recent camp you've participated in as a as a flyer, not as a coach? Mm, let's see. It's October. I'm trying to think what I do in September. Everything's kind of mushed together. You do, right? Uh, space, I think it was probably Space Camp was because that was like end of August, I believe, or mid-August. Yeah. Uh, and so Space so Camp was static. here recently. Uh-huh. And in Space Camp, I think you started off in a beginner or not a beginner, but the, a newer group. You the start, group two, yeah. Group, group two. two, yeah. They're all like, uh, yeah, I want to say like beginner, but. But at some one, point. Yeah. Uh-huh. You get actually bumped up in groups. Yeah, yeah, the second day I was in the first group. And how did that make you feel? How did that? Uh, good, yeah, because I was like, all right, cool, you know. Um, it's not what I heard. What's up? That's not what I heard. Oh no, I definitely put the pressure on for <laughs> sure. That's what I feel like. My performance once I got bumped into that group, I put so much pressure on myself that. That's what I was talking about earlier, where I was starting to kind of crumble because looking back, like, say, if like I was just nervous because I was like, all right, man, I have like the pressure to succeed. I'm like, all right, I'm working the Labor Day boogie in a month from now. And some of these guys, like, you got Cody and Matt, who are really good flyers, who are based out of here. So I was thinking, I was like, all right, well, if I fly like shit from these guys, like, you know, and I don't know, it's how am I supposed to be an organizer if I'm flying like shit? And then uh, David was in that group, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do an event with David, and if I fly like shit, then, you know, what do you <laughs> think? And then, like, I, I feel like I didn't fly nearly as good what I know I could fly like because I just I put so much pressure on myself. And sometimes pressure is really good. Like, I, I've done really good under pressure, but that was the type of pressure that I put on upon myself that definitely dwindled my performance for sure. During that camp, were you able to overcome that? issue and perform better um there was some good times and bad times there's definitely a time like i started wit was like hey man he goes you gotta pull yourself up dude like you're you're like an airplane that's going down right now and you're like because because i'm putting myself down you yeah. know i was beating myself really hard over stuff that you know just looking back i should have not even probably beat myself up over so much so I do this, uh, I, I can only compare this to AFF courses because that's the world I live in. Yeah. As an AFF examiner, I see a candidate who's who's working on a skill set and, and a level, and I'm like, hey, you're doing good here. We need to move you up. And they're yeah. like, uh, no, I'm not ready. I'm like, no, trust me, you're ready. No, I'm not. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ultimately, I can't argue with you. If you say no, we're going to do this, but you need to trust me, you're ready. Right. When the professionals tell you not not your friends not the buddies who you think are good when the professionals fly for life guys are professionals yeah, that's who definitely. told you this case yeah tell you that you need to move up number one trust them have faith in them yeah um they see something that you don't see and plain and simply at space camp you're ignorant you have no clue right. what your skill set is respectfully yeah. said you have none who told you to move up um uh, they just told me the next day they're okay you're but who was group. it give me a name don't tell me it was Manfi, that little piece of paper. <laughs> Manfi. <laughs> Mumpy. Uh, 
I don't know. I want to say maybe Claudio. Claudio. So, so obviously Claudio, you know more than Claudio. I don't belong here. Claudio says, yes, you do. (laughs) Right. Trust those experts. Trust those high level guys. And the other thing I tell these young people in, in my case, an AFF course is don't beat yourself up. Right. That's my job. Don't take my fun (laughs) away from me. And I, I say that partially for the pleasure and the joy, but man, I know what you don't know and I can see if you're good or not. Right. And if you take that pressure off of yourself, you will exceed. That pressure gives yourself that biased expectation and you will meet a biased expectation. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a fact. It is, well, not a complete fact because my biased expectation says I'm going to marry a super... Oh, I, I did marry a super hot chick. Crap, that was a whole... Ba- don't tell Val I did that one, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for him. But, but don't put that negative biased expectation because you said you lived up to it. Right, yeah. It's one of things like... Uh, yeah, just my mindset definitely uh, made me fly not as good because my poor mindset at the time, you know, and other times in different events, I've had like a really good mindset. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do really good. And, you know, like on honestly, on the way up from these ah, for some of these jumps <laughs> during space camp, um, like I was in the plane, like shaking my head. No. And like, because I was thinking about me fucking up. And even Logan's naughty. He goes, hey, man, like, are you okay? You're just shaking your head. No. And I'm like, damn, I'm like so in my head right now that I'm physically shaking my head. No. And I'm like, I'm just putting myself like before the jump even happened. I'm like predicting failure, you know, and just doing those your performance for sure. Man, put those bias expectations aside, false expectations yeah. appearing real fear there. Anytime, not anytime. Most of the time we can look back at fear. It was a false expectation. Yeah. And if you let it manifest itself, you will make it a bad problem. For sure. Put yeah. it aside, man. Be open to the experience you're in. Yeah. Trust the people around you and then make the most of it. Yeah. Definitely. Keep training. Keep going. And I actually, I, I asked what your last event was, knowing what it was, and, uh-huh. and really wanting you to share some of that story. Yeah. Uh, keep getting coaching. How often have you been getting coaching? Um. Let's see. So at the beginning of this year, like once the whole COVID stuff started into like falling off in Florida, like those drops and started opening up like RG and I went, we got a couple of days with Luis and a day with Oscar. And then I think, yeah, maybe a couple of days with Texas here already. And then I'm going to do another two days when the group setting with Tex after this weekend. So Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just trying to, uh, spread it out. Definitely. Like if I had a, like a lot more money right now, it'd be probably just, You'd be getting outside. Oh yeah, I'd be signing up for university just just one on ones all day, you know. Dude, but what you're telling me already is a great level of coaching because I see uh-huh. so many people where you're at, uh-huh. and they think they're done with coaching. They don't get coaching very often. They don't go to events very often. They're right. only looking to lead. They're not looking to follow. Right. And it seems like you're more interested in being the learner than the. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So then, why organize? Um. Uh, I think at the like we're like in in Texas and stuff. I can definitely help out some people at least, you know, or at least like promote activity. <laughs> but why? I mean, why do you need to do that? I mean, shouldn't you just be focusing on you? Obviously, it's uh, not a bad thing. I embrace it. It's fun. I really do enjoy it. Um, I just kind of want to mix up that like that that ratio of, of like. Getting coached, okay. coaching people, and then surrounding myself with like people similar to my skill level. 
what do you enjoy about it? You say part of it is you enjoy it. Um, organizing or coaching? Organizing and coaching. Not not uh, being, but doing. Huh. I do like, like say if we go on a fun jump and are like, and it's successful, like just taking the group out on a jump and just like people landing and we're in a packer or whatever. Like, oh, that was a fun jump. And just, I like that feeling of like, okay, well, I took the responsibility of taking them on that jump. And, you know, cause like falling is like the pressure. There's not a lot of pressure if you're falling, but if you're leading the stuff, it's definitely some more pressure. And it kind of goes back to like why I started jumping in the first place. Kind of like that nervousness of being attracted to like the things that make me nervous. I think what you describe is something that I, I never realized Nick didn't maybe know this of me. And I don't think I actually realized it of me and myself either until one day uh, Nick and I, I had introduced him to a buddy of ours named Carl. Yeah. And in the introduction, Nick had uh, came to this realization of how much satisfaction I get from helping others achieve their goals of bringing happiness to others. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I realized how much I enjoy that either until you, you and I had that conversation. And I think that's exactly what you're describing. You yeah. love making other people's dreams come true. Um, just make them happy, you know, just kind of like, yeah. uh, providing value. I think it all always just dwindles back to just providing value in some way Man, and not I, taking value ever. I love it, dude. The sport, <laughs> so many people are taking, taking, taking from the sport. Oh, and 1000%. Yeah. You need to take something from the sport. You got in the skydiving for you. Make sure you still go out. I, one of my favorite times of the day is when I see this little midget in the loading area with this beautiful infinity on <laughs> because I see a smile. I see a grace on his face because he's taking and stealing. By the way, Nick, if you don't catch that. Uh, I love when I see you steal a moment from yourself. Did you think that I didn't realize you were talking about me? <laughs> no, no, no. It's for everybody oh, okay. else. It's for everybody else. Um, but... And you know I love you see you still that moment because I always like, dude, it's good to see you jumping. I, I will always comment on that. And, and I love knowing that we we enjoy that moment. Steal that moment for you. But ultimately do for others throughout the sport. Think of others. Help others. Yeah. And I've I've never been happier in the sport than by doing what you're saying right now. Right, yeah. I think being selfish never... I mean, it got to at some point, some degree, but like as a whole, like it doesn't hurt, help anyone being selfish, you know, just like giving, like helping others is something I think it's helps out everyone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It does uplift each other. Yeah. One of the other things that you have been doing is coaching. Yeah. How did you get into the coaching side? Um, well, and, uh, so I was doing a lot of tunnel coaching and then, uh, eventually, I had, uh, I think it was Debbie. I forgot who else. I feel bad because I, I forgot. Who. Oh, okay. Debbie Brawley and Rob Parker from Dallas both sat me down. It was like on a Sunday. A little short feller? Um, yeah. Yeah, a little bit shorter, not a ton short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Rob. Um, yeah, and they're like, hey, like you, sh you should really start coaching. Like, um, you know, we want you to start coaching us. And, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is different. You know, this is sky coaching versus like tunnel coaching. I, I wasn't too experienced at the time. Um, and then luckily, Wit had, uh, I think Heath, yeah. And then Heath uh, Richardson, he uh, sat me down like I think the same day or a couple of days later and was like, yeah, man, well, I used to coach and, you know, kind of gave me the <laughs> the lowdown of everything. So 
It's so you know Heath was uh, one of my coaches. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Heath uh Heath went to full time free flying. Uh the same him and I showed up at Elsinore like within a month of each other. Oh cool. that ninety eight ish. And uh-huh. he started jumping full time on the D Z, got a really sweet gig as a free fly team with Scott Ive Elsinore and nice. Carl and the John the owners there. And and did a lot to coach us and it's so funny because um have you how do you know much about Heath? I know he's uh a legend, huh? Like he, people talk very highly of him. Uh, he was the first World Cup canopy piloting champion. Um, oh, cool! Now the first official one, no, because the first year it was a test event, but the uh-huh. second year, so he won the first one. Uh, the PD Factory team was originally Shannon Pilcher, Ian Bobo, Jay Maletsky, and Heath Richardson. Nice. Um, Heath at some point left the sport, and uh, Jonathan Tagle uh, took that slot. Uh-huh. Um, Heath is. Dude, he, he he's a shredder, man. Yeah. Absolutely shredder. But you never know it, would you? Yeah, I mean, now I know, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, but, like, just, just kind of see him as the pilot out there flying. He's a badass pilot. Yeah, he's... Uh, he doesn't say much about it, which is super cool. Dude, he's so mellow, and yeah. I, it speaks to what you said earlier. If you got to tell people, really? Right, are you, are yeah. You, are you that good? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it just brings back memories of the tunnel and just... Some people like that. Uh, makes me want to throw up. I, w- I want to kind of run full circle to some of the conversation. And one of the yeah. things that we started started with is I asked a little bit about what advice would you give somebody who was trying to accomplish your goals? And I think you had a little bit of you, – you struggled a little bit putting that to words. Yeah. We've kind of gone through a journey of what you've done. Right. Now would you – what would you say to that answer? Okay. So someone who wants to organize one not. Um Keep on getting coached. Um, just try promote activity, you know, and just try to like, uh, yeah, just just try to get people out to the drop zone and you know, organize a sense of like, all right, hey, like this Saturday, let's just do a bunch of tracking jumps or whatever, and you know, and it, it doesn't have to be you leading it. It could be just you guys will take turns or you know, someone who is experienced leading it. But just try to get people going because activity breeds activity. And um, yeah, I just, no, I think that's all things. fair. I think I think you really <laughs> capped it at the end. That, yeah. that, 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 we've said a lot, so it's yeah. an easy recap right there. Yeah. Now I want to talk about this weekend. You yeah. guys, you, uh, RG, Juan Diego, and Logan, you guys are organizing. Yeah. I want to speak specifically to you because I don't yeah. want to speak. Yeah. How much <laughs> are you paying? How much are you getting paid this weekend to organize? Uh, I'm doing it for free. Wait a minute. You mean organizing you don't always get paid? Correct, yeah. So hold on. You've done about a dozen events in your skydiving career now. Right. How many of, how, how, how many of those have been you organized for the slot and you really didn't get paid? Um, I think this is the only one where I've just done it just for purely just the slot cover. That's yeah. it. If you look at the money you got paid for those events, would you say it's it's fair to say it wasn't great pay? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and earnestly, I wouldn't even really call it pay if you look at time versus money. Like right. if you go by the hour, you it's a joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, now, especially in summer. Yeah. The number of jumps you make, the friends you make, the ability right. to promote coaching. Right. This is what it gets you. If you think you're going to be Luis Pernetto or, or Chaudio and show up to a drop zone and get paid fat bucks. To, yeah. Do you know the name Chaudio? Chaudio? Claudio. 
Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I know you're when he him, first but... showed up here, he loved the pond. He uh, loved it so okay. much that he could never swoop out the end of it. He insisted on landing in the pond as much as possible. Oh, shit, no, no, not really. <laughs> he just he had a few yeah. chows early on, and uh, okay, so we know we knew him as Chowdio. <laughs> um, you're you're not gonna make that money right away. Right. You actually have to put your licks in. Yeah, I think. Uh, talking to Luis, he even said he's like yeah man i just try to get gigs just try to like you know like whatever was given to me you know you don't pick and choose especially at first so uh, i guess later at their point what they're at now they could definitely pick and choose but i think if you're beginning and you know just trying to get into it definitely someone has an opportunity for you like the whole money thing don't even worry about that like just just do it do it because you love it you know because it's I don't want to turn Scott out and be like, oh, I'm doing it for like the money now. I just want to do it for what it is. For the rating center, there's a few things that I still do every year as a give back event. Uh, what's that stupid thing called? Safety day. It's not stupid, people. <laughs> safety day. Actually, if people knew how much time I invested in prepping and putting on safety day, they'd yeah. probably be shocked. Um, it's a lot more than most people realize. And it's a pleasure. It's an honor. I love it. Nick has been a part of my safety day for a few years now and has been connected to it. And I think he would uh, agree that it, it's a, I, I work hard for it, but it's, it's I take a joy in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of give back weekends as the rating center. We do free coaching at least once a year at three of the different space lands. Lori Pataloco and I are doing an event that uh, is another give back thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's say right now you're at a point where you're getting paid fat dollars. You are mm-hmm. the top level organizer in the world. Would you still do this event for free? I think this is an important event. I think this is something I'd. I don't think I'd have the guts to be like, yeah, pay me for this. You know, I, I think this is something that's like. Oh, I love that. For this weekend, yeah, this is something I think it should be a free free event. I'll throw a challenge down to you, and I don't uh-huh. think it's a hard challenge for you. Uh huh. Forget this event for one second. Uh huh. Any one of you organizers, any one of you high-level people, any one of you top dogs, if you're not one yet, when you become one, at least once to twice a year, and I really believe twice a year, find an event that you're giving back on. You're not charging. You're not doing it. You are straight there to give back help. Mm -hmm. And straight up at your home drop zone is easier because it's like, hey, I don't have the expenses that I need, so like I can just do it free at home because I can afford to do it free at home. Yeah. And who deserves your give back more than anybody than your hometown boys and girls? Right. So find an event. Find some big camp. Um, uh, put together some skills uh, event, some boogies. Do, do something. Give back because I think the purity of giving, the purity of, of organizing that you're doing, I think will continue to be manifested through through that kind of give back. Cool, yeah. So, Mr. P, you've been awfully quiet tonight, man. You're beat up, aren't you? It's been a long day for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. It's all good, brother. I really appreciate you coming over there, pushing on buttons and clicking on things. I see you were writing love letters to me on my little whiteboard. I drew a picture of you. I was going to ask earlier, are you drying penises over there? I will neither confirm nor deny (laughs) these allegations. Yeah, that that little uh, tray sitting in front of him is a whiteboard. So, it's my post-it note board. So, the thing, you used to do the tray I'm talking about. I don't know. That's a whiteboard. Oh, okay. It looks like a keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Oh, gosh, Mr. Nicholas Lott. Um, Brother, I I love that you guys are giving back this weekend. I love that you're doing things for Jump for the Rose. Um, I I do want to kind of wrap up the show. We do turn into pumpkin soon, but I want to wrap up the show and, and go back to what this event is. Right. Jump for the Rose is about 
treating women with breast cancer. I love the fact that you and the boys are coming out and representing the young blood. Mm-hmm. Um, the the old timers, uh, the mature crowd, as I like to call them, <laughs> they've done a lot to support Marion, but they can only give back so much so often. Right. So, guys and gals, if you're on the drop zone this weekend, go check out the Roses or Jump for the Roses booth. Go sign up for these raffles. Um, I know they have all sorts of super cool things to raffle off, uh, enter money. Just straight give money. I I will tell you, I'm going to go up. I'm going to drop whatever I do on some random raffle. Um, Anything they're raffling off, I probably won't care to win or not win, and so I usually will just give away somebody else. Um, I just want to donate money and support that cause. I love that you guys are, are, are doing that. Uh, I love that you guys are supporting it. Have you learned much about the Rose since being asked to do this event? Yeah, I've done some research. Yeah? Yeah. And, and what do you know? What have you learned about them? Um, so, yeah, it's for uh, breast cancer. And um, oh, now I'm like getting nervous. <laughs> now I'm messing up. So, um I promise I've done my research, but now I'm seeming to forget it. Um, <laughs> no, 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 help me out. <laughs> no, it's all good. Do, man. do you know, uh, you know, Marion and her connection to it? Um, that she, uh, Marion was uh, married and uh-huh. was going through a divorce and happened to lose her uh, health insurance Gosh, through, okay. through this process. Uh-huh. And so she went to the Rose and the, the, the Rose treated her and, right. uh, saved her life saved saved her from from uh cancer and so uh she made this promise of hey i'm gonna repay you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna repay you guys which everyone must say right when yeah. when they get treatment at this place when you know but most people i'm sure just go back to living their lives or whatever right. they were doing before they were, were diagnosed and so marion has been one of the people who who's lived up to that that mm-hmm. promise and uh Gosh, last time I heard a number, it's like two hundred and forty thousand some dollars that they, that they raised. Yeah, which uh, a huge is a quarter million dollars that I will ever have on any, anything in my whole <laughs> life. So that's that's pretty great. All you've done is flip a tire down the road for Marines. That was uh, that was more selfish. I just I just wanted to look cool on the internet with no shirt on. <laughs> no, you just wanted to tell as many great puns as you could. Also, selfish motivation. Dude. That was super super epic, man. Um, Man, it, believe it or not, we're at two hours already. Oh, wow, yeah. Time flies by. by. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, as we wrap up, you're going to Florida for the Correct. winter. Yeah, at the, I'm going straight from Halloween Boogie in San Marcos, driving straight to the lands for the Fly for Life events and be in Florida after that, like Sebastian Clouston, most likely. Be out there organizing coaching? Um, I need to get it... Uh, Hopefully, yeah, hopefully both. I need to send some more emails and stuff to make sure, see if I get an like, organizer slot either or both or whatever. And if you don't, go out, represent mm-hmm. yourself, do what you do, and I'm sure you will get it. Yeah. Uh, guys, gals, if you emulate exactly what... It kind of is like Buddy Jesus meets Silent Bob look going on right now. <laughs> if you act like this fella, I promise you, you'll have all the success in the world you want and you need. Um <laughs> <laughs> but check it out. Next weekend, where are you going to be? You're supposed to be in Houston next weekend, right? Is there something happening in Houston next weekend? I'm going to be so mad at you guys if you don't show up for the film festival. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys coming or do you not know anything yet? Or I personally don't have a video made. Um, that's not my thing. Dude. But um, I'm going to try to get the guys to come out. 
But you don't have to have a video me to come at, video me to come out, hang out and party. Right. I've always wanted to come. Uh, I got upset myself last year for for not coming. But uh, for some reason earlier, because I was telling everyone in Dallas that last weekend was my last weekend there, and I I thought it was Jump for the Rose and then Halloween Boogie right after. So I totally forgot there was a weekend. Between? In between, which is that weekend. So yeah, I cool really hope you can come out and make it. Yeah. I'm not just trying to plug the film festival. I would really love to see you guys out there. For sure, yeah. Um, if you can't make a video, still come hang out and party. It is by far, I think, the favorite thing. Nick, I can for sure speak for me. It's the favorite thing I do every year Yeah. of all the events and all the stupid shenanigans we have. It's just such a dang good time. Right. We've averaged uh, about 80 participants per, and there's only a dozen videos per, so obviously mm-hmm. most people don't make one. Right. Um, so, so please come hang out. Uh, as yeah. as we wrap up, how do people get a hold of you for coaching? Coaching. Um, uh, I like Instagram the most. Like, <laughs> I can give up my phone number, and I have so many unread texts right now, and I suck at that. Facebook Messenger. I'm a little better. Instagram for some reason. I I check my messages and I reply back on the timely matter. That and the TikToks. No, I don't have a. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't use TikTok. Me and RG made a TikTok as like a joke, and he became TikTok famous. So. <laughs> what but, yeah he, he's got like i don't know he he has a, a good amount of followers on there and that's because he's two time yeah right shout out to rg um anything you want to share with your friends and family as we start wrapping this puppy up oh man i should probably have something funny to say but i don't but uh i love all of you guys and um i don't know just stay humble and have fun and remember why you got into the sport and have sexy legs have sexy legs. Always. Those calves <laughs> and those thighs, Nick Serrera. Don't forget those thighs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of right away was Nick's calves. Uh, Nick actually is the one who commented calves. Mr. Oh, P, yeah. anything you got to say? All good, my friend. Awesome. Guys and gals, play that funky music, white boy. The winter is coming. Your drop zone's closing down. Come to Skydive Space Land Houston. Hang out with Mr. P. Hang out with me. Oh, Let's man. party. Let's have a good time. Enjoy the... Uh, yeah, no, I don't have anything set up, Nick. I totally screwed that up. So... Uh, Oh, here it comes. Uh, come check out Spaceland. Till then, this is Greg Lab Radio, Blue Skies. We are the honky tonk, the flop out of here. See ya. Elvis with a guitar, man. Yeah.